symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Turn it on and rip the knob off. And welcome back to the Wrestling Memory Grenade, episode number 111. That's 111. We won't be able to do that for a very long time again. So, cool milestone as we continue on with January 1988 in the WWF by looking at a couple more weeks of that World Wrestling Federation TV goodness. And I am your host, Ray Russell, welcoming you guys along for the ride. And this week, oh boy, guys, we got quite a show in store for you. But. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Or maybe it's good news, depending on how you want to look at that, because we will see the TV debut, at least in promo form, of one Bad News Brown. Also, the Matilda saga continues on. Where, oh, where has Matilda gone? Maybe we'll find out here this week on The Grenade. And the Piece de Resistance this week here on The Grenade, guys. Major angle alert upcoming involving the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and one Andre the Giant, so stay tuned for that. But first, just a friendly reminder that you guys can listen to the Wrestling Memory Grenade and our sister shows, like the Regional Wrestling Podcast, where we talk the territories, guaranteed 100% territory talk each and every time out on the show. Right now, three projects going on on Regional Wrestling, including 1981 in Georgia Championship Wrestling with Jamie Ward, 1986 in Bill Watts' UWF with guest co-host Roman Gomez, and now it's Memphis, 1985, recent co-host for that show, Steve Crawford, and Gene Jackson, also going to be joining us for that show. And let us not forget the Wrestling Stoop podcast with the legend himself, Bob Roop, as Bob goes back in time and recalls, recounts his memories and various stories from all around the globe from his time both in the ring as well as working behind the scenes. You can also listen to Luke Jennings and his Memphis Continental Wrestling cast. Luke professes it to be the UK's number one and only Memphis wrestling-related podcast. And you guys can check all of those shows out and more, all part of the WrestleCopia podcast network located over at WrestleCopia.com. That's WrestleCopia.com and anywhere your podcast streaming needs are met. From Apple to Spotify, Google, and beyond. And hey, guys, don't forget, you can follow me on social media for all the latest goings on here at the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. And I'm also constantly adding old school video clips and pictures from throughout wrestling history. And you can follow me. You can do so by first following me on X, the former Twitter. You can follow me there at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Over 7,000 followers over on Facebook and counting. And hey, while you guys are at it, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel, guys? YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. More than 500 videos now up over there at YouTube from various eras and various wrestling promotions. And last, but certainly not least, guys, talking about that $5 all-access tier over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. 
Yes, indeed. For five bucks, going to get you all sorts of gifts, and it's all to support the WrestleCopia Podcast Network. Yes, indeed. Five dollars going to get you things like all of my insanely detailed book-like show notes. I'm talking pages and pages of show notes for every episode of this show, The Grenade, as well as Regional Wrestling and the Monday Warfare Podcast. You'll also get early access to many of the podcasts here on WrestleCopia. You can listen days and sometimes as much as a week earlier than the rest of the listeners. Then from there, it's remastered versions of the earliest episodes of The Grenade Show, covering the 1989 NWA project. Includes enhanced sound quality, plus new content and conversation never heard before. But that's still not all. You also get digital downloads for your viewing and reading pleasure. Just dropped somewhere between 10 and 12 new digital downloads recently, and another dozen or so coming headed into the holidays. So now is a perfect time to jump on board for those digital downloads. But that's still not it, guys. You also get the Patreon-exclusive watch-along series, covering many past WWF and WCW events. And you get all of that for the low, low price of just $5. No subscription. Cancel any time. Give it a try for a month. Please, if you can, show your support, because every penny of your patron money goes right back here into paying the bills to keep the WrestleCopia Podcast Network up and running for the months and the years to come. And all right, now that we got that all out of the way, it's time to jump back into the 1988 in the WWF project. And this week, it all starts off with the January 9th edition of the Superstars of Wrestling. And away we go, January 9th, Superstars, taped back December 9th, 1987, at the Tampa Sundome. And it is Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, Bruno Sammartino here on commentary for this one, as we're straight off to the ring to see the Islanders, Bobby Heenan in their corner, taking on leaping Lanny Poffo. And hey, is that golden boy Jerry Gray? All right, Lanny Poffo and Jerry Gray, the opponents here for Haku and Tama. As the heels make their way out, though, Bobby toting, what is that? An invisible dog leash. How about that one? Great prop gag there by the brain. If, for those who have never seen one, the leash gives off an illusion that there's actually an invisible dog attached as it sticks out stiff-like rather than just hanging down by your side. So there's the illusion that you're actually walking a dog that would be attached to that collar. So great prop gag. Always wanted one of those as a kid. And talk about heat. For an angle that probably really shouldn't get any, Bobby Heenan working his butt off. And pre-match, even Heenan and his Islanders taking turns, quote-unquote, petting the dog. As I said, classic heel shit here from the brain. And uh, on commentary, though, Vince McMahon does not like it. He doesn't find it funny at all. In fact, Bruno, he finds it disgusting. Meanwhile, Jesse Ventura just cackling at the dastardly joke as Lanny Poffo has a poem for Bobby Heenan and his crew, ending with him calling the brain a parasitic leech. Well, you may have to pay for those words, Lanny. But as we get things going here, though, we get an insert promo from the British Bulldogs, who are saddened by the missing mascot. They demand to know where Matilda is, who is taking care of her. The Bulldogs ask Bobby Heenan to stop making jokes about the situation and simply return Matilda. 
Also referencing President Jack Tunney getting involved here, hoping he can help save their dog. Woof. That was rough. Now, I can understand it could be hard to get into this, this storyline as a wrestler, and sell this properly when you're cutting a promo, especially from the Bulldogs in, because the Islanders are doing a great job, especially Tama, but the acting here in this promo from uh, Davey Boy and Dynamite was probably the worst I've seen yet in this entire storyline. But at least they're trying, I guess. As uh, the action gets going, Lanny Poffo blasting Tama early on with a dropkick to start off with, but the Islanders quickly take control after Jerry Gray tags in. From there, it's total domination by the heel team before Haku plants Gray with a thrust kick, and nobody gets up from that one. The Islanders are going to pick up the win, 3 minutes and 20 seconds. But as the tag team begins to celebrate, wait, what's that? Up on the interview stage, Craig DeGeorge is standing by with the WWF president, Jack Tunney himself. And wow, I never thought I'd hear Tunney get cheers from the crowd. But that won't last. As DeGeorge questions Tunney on the latest in regards to the whereabouts of Matilda, Jack says at the moment he does not have any update on the missing bulldog. The president then requesting Bobby Heenan and his Islanders join him up on the platform. As the heels join up with the president of the WWF, Everybody's standing on the stage now, the Islanders kneeling down, continuing to laugh while they pet that invisible dog, Tama even going so far as to backhand smack and kick around this invisible dog. I wrote, jeez, Tama. Anywho, Tunny not amused by the entire situation as he has come to a decision. The president then states that until Matilda's whereabouts are known, the Islanders are suspended indefinitely from the World Wrestling Federation. So President Tunney taking dog napping very seriously here as Bobby Heenan and his tag team flip out. Heenan threatening lawyers to get involved here. Tunney still not amused, keeping the suspension in place. And not until Matilda is returned will the Islanders be reinstated to wrestle here in the World Wrestling Federation. And wow, Tunney just threw this mandate about dog napping down faster than any angle involving attempted murder or maiming in recent months. I mean, think about what Savage did to Steamboat uh, just about a year ago, well, a little over a year ago now. There was no repercussions for that. But uh, Jack Tunney, clearly a dog lover extraordinaire. Who knew? As we continue on here, it's Jake the Snake Roberts taking on Wellington Wilkins, the future Beef Wellington. Worked up there for the Calgary Stampede promotion at one point. But uh, And you have to wonder if Brutus the Barber cut Wellington's hair because he's got that late 80s, early 90s zigzag thing going on. But just really quick work this week from the Snake Man, controlling, dominating throughout, short arm clothesline, and the DDT going to get the win in just one minute and 50 seconds. And of course, a little Damien for dessert here for Mr. Wilkins. As we continue on, it's Mean Gene Okerlund standing by. He's got a promo here, lined up with the outlaw, Ron Bass. Not to be facetious, but in 1988, I'm going to be keeping an eye on the ladies' competition here in the World Wrestling Federation. Of course, you have the lovely Elizabeth, a premier manager for the macho man, Randy Savage. The current ladies' tag team champions are Jimmy Hart's Glamour Girls. Even the World Wrestling Federation ladies' champion is sensational. But there's one mark you ain't mentioned, boy, and the one that's got the most class, the one that's got the form, and the one that backs up the big outlaw. And we're talking about Miss Betsy. You know me, Gene, I've come out here before, and I've talked to you a little bit. I've made a few challenges. 
And you know, I thought, well, maybe Miss Betsy out here might, you know, kind of lure somebody in and says, okay, we're big, we're bad. I think we can take on the combination of the big outlaw and Miss Betsy. But you know something? It hasn't happened. It seems like everybody that calls himself a champion or everybody that calls himself a top wrestler has kind of got a little jackrabbit on them. You understand what well, jackrabbit is? Now, I'm going to interject right, what you want, man? outlaw Come on, real fast. quick, now spit it out. I don't think there is any place in professional sport, in professional wrestling for Miss Betsy or that whip. I don't I don't see it as being in the who ring. Who made you a judge? Who made you an authority? And who really cares what you think? My you opinion. think that me and Miss Betsy care what you think? No, sir. I tell you what. <laughs> Why don't you go home to that woman that you call yours? The one that is your combination. You know, the one that's got that stuff kind of drooling out of her mouth, you know. They got about two teeth sticking out of her whole head. Weighs about 350 pounds. Have I got it right or did I miss something? Am I doing her justice? Well, you might just don't <laughs> see things That's just what I thought, anyway. Mr. Mean G. But I won't talk to Mr. Randy Savage or maybe Mr. Hulk Hogan. You're big, you're bad, and you're mean, and you're sitting on the top of the WWF. Where you're looking at somebody that's getting real nasty and then kind of getting tired of waiting. And you know something? Things come to people that wait. And if I wait long enough and I keep getting the wins like I've been doing, there's going to be no choice. But you're going to have to get in that ring and prove yourself. The big outlaw's waiting. Come on, boys. Let's see what you got. Wait, wait a minute. Why you Ron Bass, outlaw Ron Bass. Do you feel any remorse in what you've just said? Do you feel you owe me and my family <laughs> an apology? Oh, yeah. I've done her justice. Give me a break. Big outspoken outlaw, Rob Bass from the great state of Texas. He's something else. So Mean Gene just happens to bring up the women's division when up shows the outlaw who wants to talk about a lady of his own, Miss Betsy there. So yes, there's a lovely Elizabeth. Can't forget the sensational Sherry, but Miss Betsy going to get the job done each and every time as we head back to the ring for the Canadian strongman Dino Bravo with new manager Frenchie Martin taking on Cowboy Scott Casey. And we get some mic work here before the matchup from Frenchie, but of course, a lot of it in French. No idea what he's saying. And Bruno even actually getting on commentary here and putting over Dino's strength and his ability on that bench press as we set up that Royal Rumble segment. We get an insert promo here during the matchup from Frenchie Martin once again. A little more Frenchie, goody. But I loved his look, monocle and all. As we head to the ring for action, Dino gonna dominate here as Casey tries to reverse an Irish whip, but he gets caught by a Bravo clothesline, and even Jesse Ventura pointing out how good of a worker Scott Casey is for Scotty to have such little offense in this matchup, but that just puts Bravo over even more as he lands his patented side suplex before then finishing it up with a back suplex, and Dino going to score the win here 2 minutes and 20 seconds. Remember, guys, Bravo off to the Royal Rumble to attempt to set the world bench press record of more than 705 pounds. You'll only have to wait one more week here on the grenade to see how that goes. But for right now, talking about the Royal Rumble, or is it the Rumble Royal, Gene? Yes, indeed, Gene Okerlund standing by to talk with one ravishing Rick Rude. All right, there's going to be a World Wrestling Federation spectacular that's going to be taking place latter part of the month on Sunday, January the 24th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time originating from Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. First time ever, a Rumble Royal. Let me explain this one to you. There are going to be 20 men participating in this first ever Rumble Royal. Some of the great names, Jake Roberts, the one-man gang, Bam Bam Bigelow, King Harley Race, the Bravos, the Hearts, the Bolsheviks. 
Hillbilly Jim, I can go on and on. Actually, very important, the luck of the draw. Just prior to the competition, there are going to be 20 numbers placed in a hat, and all of the participants will each draw a number out of that hat. The Rumble Royal starts with numbers one and two. And then, every two minutes thereafter, another man, three, four, five, and six, is added to the competition. I think very important, number one, we know the match is going to be at least 40 minutes long for openers, and I would suspect, considering the names of these great, these great participants, these great superstars, it's going to go a lot longer than that. Very important, the luck of the draw for those guys that are up there in the drawing around 18, 19, and 20. If they've got an upper hand, they're going to come into that thing fresh. First ever Rumble Royal at Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on Sunday night, January the 24th. Ravishing Rick Rude, you're going to be there to see the Rumble Royal, not to participate, because prior to that, you've got a very exciting match with a very exciting man, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Oh, very true, little man. And I want to take this time not to talk about myself or the beautiful body that I have, or all the records I have set. Let's talk a little bit about Ricky Steamboat. We all know he's a top-notch wrestler, former intercontinental champion. And also an expert of the martial arts. He's expert demonstrated that clearly arts. in the past. The man has done it all, except meet Ravishing Rick Rude. Ricky Steamboat, this is your chance to step in the ring against the greatest athlete of all time. Well, yes. Ricky Steamboat, if you want to prove you're a man, you've got to prove it to me because I'm the one who makes the decisions around here. Steamboat, you're going down. All right, I thank you very much, Ravishing Rick Root, just in case I always carry a towel. <laughs> Don't forget the Rumble Royal on the 24th of January. So Rude lined up to take on Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, which could be a fun match here in the WWF. Lord knows they have some barn burners upcoming in WCW in just a few years' time. But it is going to be Rick Root and the Dragon. And spoiler alert, guys, that's going to kick off the Royal Rumble event next week here on the Grenade as Mean Gene continues to sell that Rumble Royal. And we head back to the ring singles action here with Sam Houston taking on Terry Gibbs. We get an insert promo from Dangerous Danny Davis, who plans to get rid of Houston once and for all here in the WWF. As the action gets going, we see Sam cartwheeling around a Gibson backdrop attempt, and Sam going to back it up with a dropkick on the other side. Gibbs, though, will take over, landing a nice-looking hangman's neckbreaker, soon to be a rude awakening, and a knee drop by Gibbs, going to get himself a two-count here on Houston. Sam going to try a comeback here, trying a charge into the corner, but Gibbs out of the way. Still, though, it's Sam making the comeback, firing up with some big punches, but it doesn't last long. Gibbs right back on top of the high knee. Wow, lots of offense here from Terry Gibbs. But Terry, he makes the mistake of trying to climb to the top rope, and he's met by Houston, slammed off the top rope, and then caught with a nasty-looking running bulldog. And Houston going to get the win, 2 minutes and 53 seconds. And Sam Houston, he was solid in the ring. If you go back and watch his stuff in Jim Crockett Promotions or the UWF near the end of that run, but this gimmick here, this silly costume that he wears, the two-stepping dancing, it hindered him from the jump here in the WWF. No chance, Sam Houston. As we continue on with superstars, it's Saturday night's main event highlights. We see Hogan going over on King Kong Bundy, of course. Got to play that everywhere because Bundy gone from the company by this point. Meanwhile, we also get a clip of Andre the Giant choking the life out of the champion after the matchup. And that's going to set up, oh man, here we go, a very special interview up on the platform. It's Craig DeGeorge standing by with the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase and bodyguard Virgil. DeGeorge, he thought after Hogan turned down DiBiase's offer 
that maybe Teddy had learned his lesson. You can't buy the WWF title, but it seems like the Million Dollar Man, not done yet, as Ted calls the Hulkster a fool for turning down his offer, but DiBiase, he's not accustomed to not getting what he wants. In fact, he does get what he wants. He buys what he wants, and he will buy the WWF title. DiBiase then introducing Bobby the Brain Heenan and Andre the Giant up onto the stage. Wow, what is going on here? The Million Dollar Man then exclaiming that Andre will be the man to bring him the Hulkster's WWF Championship. As Bobby Heenan says, while Hogan was a fool, the Brain is no fool, as he has accepted DiBiase's offer, and Heenan is now financially set. Bobby promising that Andre the Giant will do what he already planned to do anyway and beat Hulk Hogan for the WWF title. But what does DiBiase have to do with all this, you might ask, guys? Well, DiBiase makes it clear, asking Andre the Giant if after he wins that WWF title, will he hand the belt over to the Million Dollar Man? And Andre then confirms he will indeed deliver the belt to Ted DiBiase, and he will enjoy beating the Hulkster. Never in my life did I ever think I would have the wealth and be able to buy the things I can and the way I can live now financially for the rest of my life. You see, Hogan, you're a fool. I'm not a fool. I don't let opportunity pass me by. Mr. DiBiase, thank you again, because all you're buying is what we plan to do anyway. Guaranteed the World's Heavyweight Championship because we're going to beat Hogan like we've done before. Thank you. Andre, will you deliver to me, the Million Dollar Man, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight title? Mr. DiBiase, I will tell you one thing. I will deliver that belt, the World War Wrestling Federation. And I will enjoy it, Hogan. Yeah. All right, how about that, Jesse? I can't believe it. I mean, do I get this right? Heenan has sold the giant to the million-dollar man? That's the way I look at it. Wow, can you imagine the money that must have taken? Incredible. We'll be right back. And as we begin to close this segment, Vince McMahon, Jesse Ventura, reaffirm the story here. Ted DiBiase has apparently purchased Andre the Giant from Bobby the Brain Heenan as the body ponders the money that that must have taken. Well, you don't see a storyline like that every day here on TV. Nope, just doesn't happen all the time, but the storyline continues here. Check and mate, Hulkster. The Million Dollar Man has acquired the services of the eighth wonder of the world, Andre promising to beat the champion for the title and then hand it over to the Million Dollar Man. Boy, if that all goes off as planned, I guess you can buy anything. As we continue on here in the ring, it's the natural Butch Reed, slick in his corner, taking on C.V. Afi. As we get a brief mention here on commentary of the Reed and Morocco feud that's currently in the new WWF magazine, by the way, before the announcers turn their attention to what else but the million-dollar man purchasing Andre the Giant's contract. That's the talk of the town for the duration of this show, as the natural going to control most of the way here on Afi. Now, C.V. does come battling back with a series of chops, but Reed going to catch a crossbody and turn it into a press slam. Very impressive strength here by the natural. And then it's the top rope clothesline. Reed going to finish Afi off there, 
2 minutes and 23 seconds. And the action going to roll on here. Up next, it's Axe and Smash Demolition with Mr. Fuji in their corner, taking on the team of Jim Evans and Mike Richards. And I wrote, wow, you can't even hide that pop. The demos are getting here. You got to go listen to this one specifically. I'm sure it's out there on YouTube or if you have this in your video library, go check it out. The December 9th Superstars and Demolitions Pop is just huge here. Probably the loudest of the entire episode. And that's for a heel team, mind you guys. And as you might suspect by now, it is immediately demolish and destroy. And the crowd cheers while Axe just pummels away on poor Mike Richards. And then it smashes turn. As the demos continue their dominance, Evans finally tagging into the ring, but to no avail, as it is the demolition decapitation, finishing Jim Evans off three minutes and nine seconds. Badass demolition. As the show continues on up next, Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the macho man Randy Savage, and it appears he has a special guest. You know, there are so many things happening here at the World Wrestling Federation as we enter a new year, 1988. One of the classic conflicts that currently exists, and it may exist for a long, long time in the World Wrestling Federation, involves the Macho Man Randy Savage from Sarasota, Florida. Come on in, Macho Man. It involves you and your longtime nemesis, the Honky Tonk Man, who just happens to be the reigning Intercontinental Champion. He says, the greatest Intercontinental Champion of all time. Well, he's been busy ducking the Macho Man Randy Savage, but I've been busy too, Mean Gene Oakland. I've been busy making it up for Elizabeth, yeah. Tell me. What happened in Saturday night's main event when she got pushed down real hard by you, Honky Tonk Man? Just got back from dinner, yeah. Where I had the wine and everything all set. Set up real, real nice, Macho Madness style. A candle or two, yeah, a candle. A ca- candle at dinner. Up to two hundred candles on one table, yeah. But I started listening, yeah, started listening, cause Elizabeth was looking around and she was kind of ducking type she of a thing. She was hearing. People were talking. They were saying. What the macho man, you know, like, uh, what he's gonna do about what happened. It would have taken them less time if somebody would have messed with their woman. Yeah, they would have got the honky talk man by now. And I started thinking, yeah. And Elizabeth looking around the room at dinner, I took that table and I fired it, yeah. Across the restaurant, right through a picture window type of a situation. Candles and everything all over the place. But I shut up the people in the restaurant. Yeah, didn't I, Elizabeth? Didn't I do that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Ask her right now, Mean Gene Oakland. All what right. dinner that was. Yeah. Elizabeth, uh, couldn't have been the most pleasant dinner. He's probably going to have to pick up the tab for some damages in the restaurant. I don't know. Well, that's true. But I, I support the Macho Man. Whatever he decides to do, I, I believe in him. And I'm behind That's the him. kind of manager I'd like to have. believes in the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and I respect that belief right there. Yeah. But a nightmare for Elizabeth. But then one for the macho man also, yeah. Can I can I ask you a question collectively? These whispers you hear going through airports, at dinner, in convention centers, they must sound like loud yelling. Yeah, sounds of silence they're not. But I'm gonna get your honky tonk, yeah. Thank you. So there it is, the macho man still coming after the intercontinental champion honky tonk man, when out of nowhere, after nearly a year here, Miss Elizabeth returns to the localized promo area. It was somewhere around WrestleMania 3, shortly before WrestleMania 3, Liz was pulled from doing these promos and it spent Gene about a year asking the Macho Man, hey, where did Elizabeth go, pal? Well, don't worry, you old perv. 
Miss Elizabeth back in the forefront here, and for very good reason, she's going to become a more pivotal part of the future of the Macho Man. And so this week, guys, Superstars concludes. We further the Bulldogs Islanders storyline with the heels now being suspended until Matilda is returned. But the big story here, or rather the giant story here, Ted DiBiase purchasing the contract of Andre from Bobby Heenan. And Andre not only promising to win the WWF title the next time he gets the opportunity, but then to hand it over to the Million Dollar Man. As we continue on here on The Grenade, up next, it's the January 10th edition of WWF Wrestling Challenge. All right, and here we go. Wrestling Challenge, January the 10th. Tape back December 10th, Fort Myers, Florida at the Lee Civic Center. It's Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon on commentary here as we head off to the ring for the British Bulldogs, taking on Steve Lombardi and Terry Gibbs. Matilda's platform set up ringside. Well, that's a little ignorant by those WWF staffers. Just a constant reminder, well, I guess to us, the fans, that Matilda's missing. And at this point, there's still no news on the whereabouts of the mascot of the British Bulldogs. As we get an insert promo here from the Islanders, who are playing with the invisible dog leash, Bobby Heenan having a major laugh on commentary at the Bulldogs' expense. Once again, the Islanders, specifically Thomas, smacking around the poor invisible dog as Gorilla calls Bobby Heenan a, you're a sick person, brain. Back to the action, though. The Dynamite Kid with a snap suplex on Lombardi and then a delayed and double underhook suplex by Davey Boy as well. And then from there, Davey just going to dead weight press slam Terry Gibbs and then land the running power slam on Steve Lombardi before it breaks down into a four-way melee leading to Davey Boy pressing Dynamite Kid high in the air for the diving headbutt on the future Brooklyn Brawler. The Bulldogs going to score the win three minutes and 13 seconds as the cameraman once again zooms in on Matilda's empty perch which only prompts Bobby Heenan on commentary to laugh hysterically as Gorilla Monsoon threatens to punch the brain out. And then up next here on Wrestling Challenge, we already talked about it on Superstars, but here's a different angle of the situation. Craig DeGeorge standing by. It's another update on the situation with Matilda, and we're going to hear from the president, Jack Tunney. The chuckles may at last be over for Bobby Heenan and his Islanders. Major news on the way. Hello, everyone. For 14 days now, we have been speculating, wondering, and praying for a cuddly little animal affectionately known as Matilda here in the World Wrestling Federation. She was taken from the ring by the Brains Islanders, and we haven't seen her since. The search for Matilda is still on, but thus far, no luck. This disgusting episode called for some attention, obviously, from the World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tunney. Mr. Tunney's office conducted a thorough investigation, and his findings will not make this new year a happy one for the brain and his duo. Do we know the whereabouts of Matilda at this point? No, we do not. Therefore, we can assume after our conversation last week when you told us you would make some action here that you have some decision forthcoming. I promised last week that if Matilda's whereabouts were not known at this time this week, uh, I would take some drastic steps. Certainly, Mr. Tunney, some decision had to be made. I know your office feels like that. I feel the Islanders are responsible for Matilda's disappearance. 
So I'm going to uh, do what I, I hate to do this to a wrestler. However, I'm going to deprive them of making a living. Oh. They are going to be suspended indefinitely. Wow, isn't that a bit harsh, a suspension? Uh, it has to be done. All right, now, is there some period where you're going to lift the suspension? When will you make that decision, Jeff? Uh, as soon as Matilda's whereabouts are known. So we talked about it on Superstars Confirmed here on Wrestling Challenge. Jack Tunney promised last week if Matilda wasn't returned by this week, he would take drastic steps. And since he finds the Islanders are responsible for her being missing, they are suspended indefinitely, pending the return of the Bulldog Matilda. And that'll take us into a commercial break and then back from break, Bobby Heenan pitching a fit. He's not laughing anymore at the Islanders' suspension as we head back to the ring for the outlaw Ron Bass with Miss Betsy in his corner, taking on Omar Atlas. And before people start scratching their heads, wait a minute, I don't remember the outlaw having a valet. No, Miss Betsy is his bullwhip, guys. You always got a name, your bullwhip. That's a rule for outlaws anyway. Go find one. You can ask them. And as the match gets going here, we get an insert promo from Ron Bass threatening everybody with Miss Betsy as the outlaw then going to show off his strength early on, tossing Omar Atlas around the ring. Atlas does make a comeback with a pair of drop kicks, but it ends there. And it's the very basics from Ron Bass, though. Nothing insulting as he lands his pedigree-type finisher here. Going to give the outlaw the win. I've seen it referred to as the Texas Gourd Buster. Never actually heard it called that on commentary, but for those who haven't seen the outlaw, it's essentially a pedigree without the double underhook on the arms. You just drop them straight down on your knees. and. It took an entire year, but it does appear at this point, it's safe to say that Ron Bass finally starting to be used on the syndicated program, which means he actually exists in WWF land now. And then post-match, Ron Bass going to wrap Miss Betsy around the throat of Omar, dragging him around the ring, making good use of that bullwhip there as we head off now to Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Dino Bravo and manager Frenchie Martin. There are going to be some big changes in 1988, I can guarantee you that, with some of the recent announcements that, uh, of course, were declared at the end of 1987. There is a new manager for the former Canadian heavyweight champ, Dino Bravo, from Montreal, Quebec, Canada. His manager is none other than Frenchie Martin. Monsieur Martin, uh, looks like you should be painting pictures instead of managing Dino Bravo. Well, you know, before I started painting, I was one of the greatest wrestlers in Canada myself. But I saw Dino Bravo's career, and Dino's got problem with papers. He's got no time to uh, look at papers and sign papers. All he's got to do is train, obviously. He's a, one of the best athletes I've seen in my life. What, he's definitely what are, the strongest. What are you, a barrister, a, a public accountant? What are you? Is your imagination leaving you, monsieur? Well, I was looking at the clothes here. They're not uh, befitting of, of somebody in the, in the legal or accounting business. Yes, I couldn't say the same thing about you. Must be your lucky suit. You always wear the same one. Oh, please. Dino Bravo, where did you get this guy? Believe me, when I got him, he knows exactly what he's talking about. And like he's just mentioned, I only have one thing to worry about. Get to the gym and get to the arena and do what I do best, and that's wrestling. Because 1988 is going to be my year. You know, a lot of people take resolutions for the new year, but don't do nothing about it. Well, I do something about it. I work at it, and not a human force is going to stop me this year. I'm looking forward to the Ricky Steamboat, the Macho Man Savage. <laughs> The Snake Roberts, the man with the DDT. I might have a special surprise for him. And why not Hulk Hogan, the man with the gold? Because I'm aiming for that championship belt this year, Mean Gene. You actually think you can get a match with the world champion, Frenchie Martin, Monsieur Martin, for Dino Bravo? Definitely. Did you notice that when Dino was mentioning name, he didn't pick people, 
picked names that people didn't know. We picked the best. And that's a warning to all the rest because he's already beat all of you. So the best, be aware because this Dino Bravo's coming to you, baby. And Hulk Hogan, you know you're the end of the road and we're going to go right to you. All right, uh, Frenchie Martin, with the accent and all, I, I get the impression you're from somewhere else than here. Where are you from? She definitely my body, but she said she to Sarabo anyway. So any what? What did he say? Anybody, uh, be ready, Dino Bravo. All the way it's to the Uncle Hogan, beware, because we're I, coming. Thank you, Dino Bravo. You might Bravo, not believe it, but you will realize it. We're out of time, pal. Gene having a little fun there with uh, Frenchie's new artist-type gear. I got to say, I always enjoyed it. I don't know what I like better, Frenchie's gear or the USA is not okay sign that will be upcoming. And now it's back to the ring, guys, for Bam Bam Bigelow. Sir Oliver Humperdinck by his side, taking on Dusty Wolf. And the Bam are going to start off with a pair of snap arm drags. I wrote, awesome. Dusty Wolf going to duck a clothesline, but eats a spinning elbow from the 300-plus-pound man. Just wow, the agility from Bigelow. Busting out a snap suplex and a press slam to show off that he's not just agile, he's strong, too. Bigelow, though, going to miss a corner charge. Wolf going to go to work on Bigelow's... Right arm? It's supposed to be the left here in the States, Dust. But the Bammer finally battling back. Big clothesline as he gets big pops from the fan. Bigelow going to finish Dusty Wolf off with that slingshot splash from the apron back inside the ring. Bam Bam scoring another win. Two minutes and 31 seconds. I wrote, is there anything this guy can't do? As we head off now, another promo lined up talking more about that Rumble Royal. Right, Gene? Yes, indeed. Mean Gene standing by this time with Jumping Jim Brunzel and B. Brian Blair, hanging and banging, hung and bung. It's the Killer Bees. All right, there is an extraordinary event that's going to be taking place. It is going to be originating from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, at the Cops Coliseum, a fantastic facility, on Sunday night, January the 24th, with a 7 p.m. Eastern start time. You're going to be seeing a Rumble Royal. It is a first ever event, and let me explain it to you in very simple terms. 20 men participating just prior to the competition, back in the locker room. All 20 numbers are going to be thrown into a hat, and then each one of the participants will draw out a number. The competition starts with numbers one and two, and every two minutes thereafter, three, four, five, those numbers will be added. One man added to the competition every two minutes. I find it just unbelievable. I could hardly wait until January 24th, and I, I think perhaps these two men, come on in, be Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Bronzel. The Killer Bees are going to be part of this extraordinary Rumble Royal. And Jim, you've been around professional wrestling now, and Brian, for a few years. Have you ever heard of anything quite so exciting? Never, Gene, never. Uh, when you look at this uh, the Rumble Royal, you're looking at all the uh, top talent in wrestling today, and Brian and I, it's going to be a little something different for us, but uh, we're looking forward to the challenge. You know, really, there's a lot to it in the luck of the draw. You know, you may draw number three, and Jim here could draw number 17. And of course, later on in the competition, it's to his advantage to be there at 17, 18, 19, or 20, because you get in that ring fresh where the rest of the troops may have their tongues dragging. Well, it sounds interesting, Mean Gene, but you know, like my good friend Pedro Morales says, we're ready for any kind of action, baby. <laughs> and I don't really know what a rumble royal is, but I'm studying the rules now. Jim's studying the rules. Are All we know is we're wrestlers. We're going out there to win the match. Well, I'll tell you what. In a rumble royal... I think it's exciting just in the formula for this kind of event, but then when you, you put in men like the one-man gang, the king, the natural Butch Reed, Duggan, Morocco, 
The Ooh. Warrior. The list goes on and on. Jake the Snake. Bam, they're all, bam. There's, they're all there, Gene, and there's a lot of bad blood. And uh, it should be real interesting. It's a first for Brian and myself, and uh, we'll just uh, see how the bees do this time around. All right. Get ready. Killer bees are going to be part of this tremendous Rumble Royal, an event that's going to be originating from the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, January 24th. Well, I hope they get an extra scoop there at Hazel's Honey Hut. They're going to need it heading into this Rumble Royal. Up next, it's six-man tag team action with the Hart Foundation teaming with Dangerous Danny Davis, of course, all managed by the mouth of the South Jimmy Hart. They're going to take on the trio of Brady Boone, Wellington Wilkins, and Jack Towers, I do believe. And I'm not sure why Danny Davis is all of a sudden out here uh, with the Hart Foundation again. We haven't seen that in at least, it feels like six months. But I'll take it. Gets everybody on TV as we get a fun sequence early on between Brady Boone and Danny Davis. Crisscross spot there. Then from there, though, the Hart Foundation just going to take over and maul the other two opponents. And it's the heart attack on Wilkins. Ironic. Stampede worker himself. And the hitman going to score the win here in two minutes and one second. And just like on Superstars, we get a replay from Saturday night's main event, Hogan over Bundy. And then, of course, Andre attacking the champion, choking him out on NBC. And then from there, we get the replay from Superstars as well. They're not going to do their own thing here on Wrestling Challenge. Why give up a good thing? When you can air the original from Superstars, once again, DiBiase purchasing the contract of Andre the Giant. You best believe Gorilla Monsoon has a lot of questions for the brain on commentary for the duration of this show as we head back to the ring. Well, perfect timing. Gorilla can question Bobby while we see Sam Houston in action taking on Jerry Gray here. Lots of two-step in pre-match here from Houston. While this one, like I said, simply used for Gorilla to lambaste Bobby Heenan over the Andre the Giant situation. What a hypocrite Bobby Heenan was, always stating that Andre was going to bring him the world title, but now he sold him to Ted DiBiase. Now, as for the matchup, not much here by old Sambo, unfortunately. Mostly some arm work and some good-looking punches before landing that running bulldog. Going to give Houston the win, 2 minutes and 11 seconds, and it's hard to get a guy over when they focus on his feet instead of his face here on the camera after scoring the win. Worried about Sam Houston's two-stepping than the man himself. As it's rapid-fire action here on Wrestling Challenge, up next, Greg the Hammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart taking on Pete Sanchez. And early on, it's nasty chops and elbows from the Hammer before delivering his patented lazy man suplex. He'll pick you up in a vertical suplex and just let you fall. He's not going to fall with you. I used to call that lazy as a kid. Now I just call it smart. But as you'll see, Valentine, not a big fan of taking bumps. From there, the hammer delivering a back suplex and then dropping the hammer. Big elbow drop, softening Sanchez up for that figure four leg lock. And Greg Valentine going to score the submission win in just two minutes flat. And I'll say this much. I haven't really focused on this post-dream team Greg Valentine very much, if ever. But they were doing everything they could to get him and that figure four over. And the hammer, he bulked up, becoming even more solid. And he was far more aggressive in the ring after that Dream Team debacle of 1987. Now, how long this resurgence lasts? We'll just have to wait and see. But Valentine making a go of it here as we head into the new year. Then from there, another matchup here on Wrestling Challenge, closing out the show. It's the Birdman, Coco Beware, taking on Rick Rinslow. And as the bell sounds, Rinslow going to jump the Birdman from behind, hammering away on Coco, actually driving him down to the mat, working Coco over pretty good here. Finally, though, the Birdman going to make the comeback, countering a backdrop attempt with a nice-looking knee lift. And then from there, it's the top rope missile dropkick 
hitting Renslow so hard, it legitimately sends him all the way out of the ring onto the apron. Damn near falls all the way out of the ring. I had to write LOL there. And then once back inside, Coco finishing things off with the Ghostbuster. And the match only goes one minute and 11 seconds. And most of that was Renslow on top. But Coco, he made a statement with that comeback. As we close out Wrestling Challenge, one more promo lined up here for you guys this week. It's Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the dragon. Here's Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> you know, I want to talk about a, a clean slate. A new year, I think we could start with a clean slate in 1988. I want to bring in this great friend from Hawaii, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, now residing in Charlotte, North Carolina. If I go back and take a look at 1987, a lot of great things happened to you, some yeah. bad things happened. In WrestleMania three, you, you captured the Intercontinental title. Later in the year, of course, you lost it to the Honky Tonk Man. You I didn't, didn't, had have a, it, didn't have it too long, Gene. You, you did have an addition to the family. Yes. A son for you and your, yes. and your bride. Yes, you know, and for the last six months, me and Gene and the wrestling fans have uh, been wondering because of the fan mail that's been coming in, and the telephone calls that I've been receiving at my gym in Charlotte that the people have been wondering what's going on with the Dragon right now. All right, let's bring us up to date. What's going to happen to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in 1988? Well, I'll tell you something, Mean Gene. My wrestling career has taken off to a whole new meaning because of the new addition to my family. There's another mouth to feed at the dinner table now. It's time for the Dragon to go back to work, start breathing some fire. We've got a bunch of new people that have come in in the latter part of this year. Ravishing Rick Rude. Some of these, some of these characters, where they come from, I don't know. They seem to be getting bigger and better and badder. Let you me know. ask you a question. What about that title that you held in 1987, the Intercontinental Championship? Yeah. I'm certain you'd just love to get that back, and I'm sure you'd like to get your hands especially on the honky-tonk man. Yeah, that's very, very true, Mean Gene. I'm not going to cry over spilt milk. I'm going to admit to all the fans that my mind was in a different area, you know, having my first one come into my life, uh, a lot of distractions. I guess I held down the fort for 20, 20 minutes during WrestleMania number three when I beat Randy Savage for the, uh, for the Intercontinental Heavyweight Championship. But now with Honky Tonk having that championship, my mind clear, my little one doing just fine, the family's doing just fine, the dragon's breathing fire, feeling fine, wanting to get back in the ring and square my differences with that honky-tonk man. You know, I touched on it. I said it's a clean slate. It's a new year. And this man, you can obviously tell by the gleam in his eye, yeah. is ready to feel the best here in the World Wrestling Federation. He is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. We're right back. Now, you don't hear that often from a baby face, but Steamer making a few excuses there. He lost his focus last year. It was on his family. But now, he's ready for a fiery return in 1988. If only, Ricky. If only. But for now, it's Honky Tonk Man Look Out as he talks about WrestleMania number three, winning that IC title, losing it to Honky Tonk. I still can't get over that. WrestleMania number three. Boy, I can't wait to see the dragon at WrestleMania number four. As we close out Wrestling Challenge, it's off next to the January 12th edition, a special Tuesday night edition of Primetime Wrestling.
Here we go, January 12th, Primetime Wrestling Special Tuesday night episode, hosted as always by Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby the Brain Heenan. And right now we head off to the intro of that show. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. And I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Primetime Wrestling, where we feature the superstars of the World Wrestling Federation. And this week, no exception whatsoever, we've got a beauty lined up, Brain. Ultimate Warrior. Like, it's, he's like three Rick Rudes put together. Oh. Wouldn't you say that? He's a big guy, and he's powerful. Very and thick. He's impressive to the Ravishing humanoids. is very thin. Well, racehorses aren't that big, you know. Why don't you enter him at Belmont, then? Because he's not Keep a nag. out of the ring. Also going to be taking a look at the hitman, Bret Hart. Probably the most accomplished wrestler of 1980. That's correct. Former heavyweight champion of the world tag no, team. former tag team I was getting to that. You almost said... You're interrupting me and that Sorry. goof's point. Go ahead. Tell us who else we're going to see. Who else we're going to see? We're going to have a lot of information on the Royal Rumble. Yes, we are. We're going to go back to Paris, France and take a look ah, at the midgets. Ah, Fifi, I'm coming home. Lord Littlebrook. Is that any relation to Lord Alfred? No, no. This one's a lot faster. Who's faster? Littlebrook. Oh, please. <laughs> Anyone's faster. Coco Beware will be joining us as well, as well as our feature this week here on Primetime Wrestling. Mr. Fuji's Demolition taking on Brady Boone and Billy Jack Haynes. Blood a lot thicker than water. They're cousins. Isn't that sweet? They're cousins. They're What's pals. They grew up together. And Demolition kicked their tails once, and they're going to do it again. You never had any fun when you were a kid, did you, Brain? Sure I did. Yeah, you never had, had fun. any family fun, any friends, any close relatives. Or I remember an incident once where we... Uh, no, I can't talk I about that. I didn't think we could talk about that. So Bobby Heenan, right out of the gate, having fun at the expense of Lord Alfred Hayes, Billy Jack Haynes, Brady Boone, and so much more. Uh, they continue to push the potential rude warrior feud that will it'll have to wait another year, guys. And I should note, hey, Bobby Heenan, no more neck brace. The neck brace gone again. I believe that's the last time we see it here on the brain as we continue on with primetime wrestling. Coming out of an ultimate warrior squash over Steve Lombardi, we get some, well, more than interesting comments. Very impressive individual, ultimate. You know, if he did that to Ravishing Rick Rudy, he'd be sticking right in the mat cover. Like a javelin. When he hoisted Lombardi up there, all Lombardi had to do was hook his head or his hair. When he let go, what would happen? Your head would whip back this way. He'd take him off his feet. But Lombardi's not that smart. Lombardi was placed in a very compromising position before he went up there. Lombardi's been placed in a lot of compromising positions. Yes, he has positions. been in quite a few compromising positions since entering the World Wrestling Federation. But still, you've got to give credit where credit is due. He's, he's trying. He, 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 he beat a guy on a scale of one to ten. He beat a two. So much for the Terry Garvin School of Self-Defense. And We've golf. got plenty more exciting action coming up right here this week. And the duo going to have a little fun here at Lombardi's expense, talking about him being in a lot of compromising positions since entering the WWF. I think we all know what that means. As the gorilla quips, so much for the Terry Garvin School of Self-Defense. I wrote, wow. How that guy did not get into trouble, I have no idea. All, all an attorney had to do was reference all of these episodes of Primetime Wrestling over the years. But Primetime going to roll on here as Gorilla Monsoon has some choice words once again for Bobby Heenan selling out, yes, indeed, selling the contract of Andre the Giant to the Million Dollar Man. Completely disgusting. You sold yourself down the river once again, Brain. No, I didn't. I made a wise investment. For a few lousy dollars. Few lousy dollars. Are you kidding? 
You have no idea the wealth I've accumulated now with Mr. DiBiase. Do you know what you've thrown away? Yes, I know exactly what I've thrown away. The what you've worked for your entire life. To manage the heavyweight champion of the world. I realize that. But the only reason I've worked for that my entire life was so I could make enough money so I wouldn't have to go down this miserable road, go to airports, hotels, travel over, and do all this junk so I can get the championship. Now I've got enough money, I can sit back and take it easy. As long as Hogan's beat, that's great for me. Why as long as I got my money, why are you even here then? Why am I here? Because I want to rub salt into the wounds of Hulk Hogan. Please. Don't please me. You're a hypocrite. All you've said for the past two years right here on Primetime Wrestling is that one day I will be the manager That's of right. the World's Heavyweight Championship. Now you intend to get the title and hand it over to the Million Dollar Man. That doesn't make any sense to me, Brain. Well, maybe in the words of that good TV show on The Price Was Right. We'll be back with the Birdman. Gorilla says completely disgusting. Bobby sold himself down the river. Meanwhile, the brain referring to it as a wise investment. Bobby, he only wanted to manage the WWF champion to make the money. Well, duh. But now he has the money. He doesn't need the title. So as long as Hulk Hogan loses the belt, Bobby will be happy. I guess you could retire right now, brain. As primetime goes on, we've got even more news involving that spectacle upcoming in less than two weeks' time. You guys know I'm talking about it. The Royal Rumble. The words that are on the lips of everyone here in the World Wrestling Federation and fans all over the world okay. is Royal Rumble. It's about to happen January 24th, a Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, out of Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario. One of the biggest events of all time, Brian. It'll be live. Yeah. And you and I will be doing the commentary and calling yes, the action. Yes, I'll be hosting. As usual. And I just talked to Miss Betty. She's yeah. having an extra special check made out for the Islanders to cover whatever has to be covered, so you don't have to concern yourself by talking to them. It's all handled. Let's concern ourselves That's with right. the Royal Rumble That's right correct. now. This most unusual type match where 20 men involved in this, what seems to be a battle royal, but a little different participation as far as how the combatants enter the ring. Well, that little fur-fade, bald-headed midget, Gene Orko, and he was calling it the Rumble Royal. It's the Royal Rumble. And the reason they call it the Royal Rumble is because the king, Harley Race. No, that is not the reason at all. That is not the reason at all. Are you all. sure? No, yeah, I'm positive. I don't think so. Well, let's look at some of the contestants <clears throat> involved in that, Brain. You've got some guys in there. You've got, you've got uh, the king, of course, another friend of yours, One Man Gang, That's Dino right. Bravo, the natural Butch Reed. Uh, you look at, you look Bolsheviks, out. Bolsheviks, uh, the hearts. The Bees, you're talking about three tag teams Dangerous right there. Dangerous Danny Davis. Ron Bass. Jake the Snake Roberts. The Ultimate Warrior. The Rock. The Magnificent One. JYD, the Dummy Yard Dog. Let's, let's, let's not forget the uh, uh, Hillbilly Jim. Bam Bam Bigelow. It's a dangerous type match. It's over the top rope to the floor. Right, but the important thing is that once the first two guys are in there and the match has started, uh, two minutes will elapse between the next individual coming in. That's what makes it interesting and exciting. That's right. But it's still elimination in the same manner, over the top rope, out to the arena floor. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing the former Canadian heavyweight champion, Dino Bravo, try to bench press and break the world's record of 720 pounds. I don't think he can do it. I don't think he can do it either. Maybe with the help of Frenchie, he could do it. Frenchie might be spotting him in there. I don't know. But he's been working awful hard. Another He's a very uh, strong man. Another interesting match as part of that tremendous day on January 24th that you'll all see right here on the USA Network, of course, is the two out of three fall ladies tag team title matchup. Jumping Bomb Angels, 
The Glamour Girls, managed by Jimmy Hart. I put my money on the Jumping Bomb Angels. I'm looking forward to seeing new ladies tag team champions of the world. But you know what I want to see more than anything? Is the live interview. It'll be interesting. The, the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. Face to face. Face to face with Hulk Hogan, the world Obviously, you don't, champion. you don't care too much to see Ravishing Rick Rude against the... Uh, the Ricky the Dragon Steam. Oh, he'll be back home diapering the baby, right, Mr. Mom? Don't get in our face. Uh, we'll be back in just a moment. So at least Bobby Heenan, somebody finally acknowledging the fact that Mean Gene has been referring to this show as the Rumble Royal for weeks. I wrote LOL, but we're only 12 days out. Bobby Heenan, at this point, still insisting that he and Gorilla will be doing the announcing for that event. And some of the stars finally named for the big show, the 20-man Royal Rumble matchup, King Harley Race, the One Man Gang, Dino Bravo, Natural Butch Reed, bunch of tag teams in there. The Bolsheviks, the Killer Bees, the Hart Foundation, Outlaw Ron Bass. We heard Danny Davis, Jake the Snake Roberts, the Ultimate Warrior, Don Morocco, Junkyard Dog, Hillbilly Jim, and Bam Bam Bigelow. Well, we'll look at that more when we get to the Rumble itself, but that was 18 names, only leaving two out here. And I know poor Sam Houston was one of those two names. No shocker there. As Gorilla Monsoon even jokes that Frenchie Martin going to spot Dino Bravo, maybe actually help him lift the weights at the event. And Gorilla, you're not really all that far off. And at this point, still referencing the Hogan-Andre segment as a special interview on that USA Network special. And right now, we're going to close out primetime wrestling. One more soundbite for you guys. Mean Gene Oakland standing by once more with Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat. All right, I want to remind you good folks that are viewing primetime wrestling here on the USA, on the USA Network on Sunday night, January 24th, live from the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. It's going to be a free television spectacular. 7 p.m. Eastern Time here on USA. A Rumble Royal, I can't believe this. 20 numbers are going to be thrown in a hat. And just before the competition, all of the participants are going to be drawing numbers out of that hat. The Rumble Royal starts with numbers one and two. And every two minutes thereafter, another man will be added to the competition. Numerically, three, four, five, six, progressively, all the way on up to number 20. And obviously, a little luck of the draw is going to be going to be very advantageous here. A guy that comes in at number 17, 18, 19, or 20 is going to be so much fresher. And by the way, the one thing that a Rumble Royal has in common with a Battle Royal, you see where you get the name, is that the only way a man can be eliminated, whoops, up over the top rope, down onto the arena floor. Come on in. Ricky, the yes. Dragon Steamboat. Thank you. Welcome back. Right. We've got a new year. We've got a very yes, exciting sir. event that's going to happen right here on USA Network. And you're going to be part of it. You're not going to be part of the Rumble Royal, no, but prior to that... I'm going to have my hands full, though. You're going to be facing yeah. ravishing Rick Rude. That man is something else. You know something mean, Gene? I want to start this year, 1988, with a bang. The last six months, I was at home, had my feet propped up on the sofa, had my little one in my arms, watching TV, watching what's been going on with the Federation around the world, watching this man, Rick Rude. Now, he does have a great body. His track record does speak for himself. The man's been around the world. He's hurt a few people, and he talks tough. But he's never met the dragon. And he's never met the dragon when he wants it more than ever. I want to show everybody here in Hamilton that I've still got the fire, that that fire never has gone out. And here on the 24th, they're going to burn some buns, if you know right what I mean. Right here on the USA it's Network. Rude. All right, the dragon back and breathing fire here as we head into the Royal Rumble event, taking on Ravishing Rick Root. And then from there, he's going to move on to WrestleMania 4. 
but we'll get to that when we get there. Now, a couple of exclusive matches here this week on Primetime Wrestling, going all the way back to October 23rd in 1987, Paris-France, a midget match. Going to see Cowboy Lang over Lord Littlebrook. Match goes about 12 and a half minutes. The fun part of this one, Lang actually enters the ring to Jimmy Hart's Crank It Up theme for his entrance. Now, also here on this Primetime, go check this one out. December 11th of 87, Houston, Texas, the Sam Houston Coliseum. It was Demolition defeating the team of Billy Jack Haynes and cousin Brady Boone. Boone was actually subbing for an injured Ken Patera in that matchup. It's the demos going over in about 10 and a half minutes. Smash going to pin Boone after a hot shot. Very botched finish there by Boone. I believe he's going up to the top rope. Smash is supposed to catch him and try to turn it into a hot shot from that maneuver, but Boone screws it all up. They actually fall to the mat. Smash tries to play along, turn it into like a crossbody from Boone. Uh, makes sense. It's a very veteran move thing to do from Barry Darso, but Boone has no idea what's going on, and he simply gets up, and Smash has to give him the hot shot once more, and the demolition going to go over. Again, 10 minutes and 22 seconds as we're off to our next week of TV Superstars of Wrestling. January the 16th, new set of tapings. Now here in 88, tape back January 5th in Huntsville, Alabama. Bobby Eaton country at the Von Braun Civic Center as we hear from Craig Young, the marketing manager of the Von Braun Center, welcoming the WWF to Huntsville. And then it's off to our announced team of Vince McMahon, Jesse the Body Ventura, and the living legend Bruno San Martino. Vince says there's big news this week. We didn't have big news last week? Well, the body promises a major announcement here today, so stay tuned, guys. As we head off to the ring for the WWF Tag Team Champions, Strike Force, Tito Santana and Rick Martel taking on the duo of Dusty Wolf and Iron Mike Sharp. And Martel rocking and rolling early on, controlling Iron Mike, even causing Sharp to accidentally hit his own partner, nailing Wolf and knocking him off the ring apron. As Tito Santana then into the ring, landing a crossbody on Sharp, going to get himself a two count, leading to a tag out to Dusty Wolf. Is Strike Force going to dominate both men for the duration of the match until Sharp landing a cheap shot from behind, blasting Tito Santana? But it doesn't take long for Tito to make the big comeback, tagging out to Rick Martel, who is a house of fire on both opponents. And then it's a double backdrop from Strike Force before Tito tagged back in, locking in that figure four leg lock on Iron Mike Sharp. Really, it's Sharp doing the job here. Three minutes and 30 seconds. And now, not only putting over Martel's Boston Crab as a major threat, but also Tito Santana's figure four. And right now, the announcer's selling the Hart Foundation as the top contenders on the trail of the tag team champions, which makes sense. Not only are they the former champions, but they work strike force basically every night here in January on the house shows. And well, they promised it at the top of the program, and we didn't have to wait long. Away we go. It's time for Jesse's big news. Right now, it's off to update and Craig DeGeorge. Everyone, Jesse Ventura said a moment ago that he was aware of some big news here in the World Wrestling Federation, and the body was not kidding. This one of earth-shattering quality. For the first time since WrestleMania three, World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Champ Hulk Hogan has agreed to defend his title against the seven foot five, 525 pound challenger, the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. The matchup will be seen live from Indianapolis, Indiana on nationwide television on Friday night, February 5th, beginning at eight Eastern. 
In the Hoaxers' last meeting against the Giant, a world indoor record crowd packed the Pontiac Silverdome, over 93,000 strong. And early in the match, controversy struck. Ooh, that was close, Gorilla! The ruling went in the Hoaxers' favor, as we know, and the champ later came back to win the match. But speculation has never ceased since, and the Giant is not alone in thinking that there should have been a new heavyweight champ right there and then. Now, most recently, only a few weeks ago, the Giant again crossed paths with the Hulk. The next time these two meet, there will be one heavyweight championship at stake. Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant, Friday night, February 5th, live on nationwide television at 8 Eastern. Oh, one other note, by the way, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, well, he shook the World Wrestling Federation with his announcement last week that he purchased the Giant. Andre, will you deliver to me the Million Dollar Man, the World Wrestling Federation Heavyweight title? Mr. DiBiase, I will tell you one thing. I will deliver that belt, the World War Wrestling Federation. And I will enjoy it again. <laughs> Andre the Giant to battle Hulk Hogan heavyweight title bout February 5th. Much more on the card, the matchup in the remaining weeks. With Update, I'm Craig DeGeorge. And there was no screwing around in that announcement right to the point. We learned that the WWF champion Hulk Hogan has agreed to put his title on the line against Andre the Giant for the first time since WrestleMania 3, and that match will air Friday night, February the 5th, 8 p.m. Eastern, live and coming to you on NBC. And then there we saw clips of Andre choking out the champion from the last Saturday night's main event. Andre even promising Ted DiBiase that belt. And I wrote, holy ass, what a breaking news story. Has the kid in me marking out all over again more than 35 years later? Out of the blue, we get the announcement, Hulk and Andre 2, and this time live and on free TV. And boom, Jesse Ventura, he promised a huge announcement, and he delivered. As we head back to the ring for Greg the Hammer Valentine with Jimmy Hart in his corner, taking on Van Van Horn. As we get an insert promo here from several of the fans here in the crowd, they say that Brutus Beefcake, he should be allowed to bring the scissors to the ring and cut the hair. Remember, Jimmy and Greg Valentine toyed with getting the scissors banned from ringside. Makes sense. The fans, not so much with that. And as you might imagine, this matchup, the entire time spent putting over the monster news of Hulk and Andre February 5, says Vince McMahon here. Is Greg Valentine going to chop away, even gives a, I guess you'd call it a running power slam of sorts to Van Horn, driving him into the corner. From there, the hammer with multiple suplex variations, all of them without bumping himself, naturally. And then he drops the hammer, the big elbow drop before locking in the figure four leg lock. Greg Valentine going to score the win here, two minutes and 33 seconds, as we hear some quick beefcake chants from the crowd. And back-to-back -back matches, ending in a figure four. So great job here by Jesse Ventura, who points out that Valentine got his opponent to submit quicker than Chico. Still odd, two matches back-to-back. -back. They could have put him anywhere on the show, and we get two matches with the same finisher. Anywho, it's off right now. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with the king, Harley Race. Of course, royalty has to be involved in the Rumble Royal. 
All right, there's going to be a, an exciting event happening next weekend, next Sunday night from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, and Cops Coliseum. It's going to be the first ever Rumble Royal. I want to talk about that in just a moment or two with the King Harley race from Kansas City, Missouri. In addition to the Rumble Royal, Dino Bravo, the former Canadian heavyweight champion, a tremendous power lifter, will attempt to set a new record for the bench press. I have heard that he has been benching very close to 700 pounds, and his attempt next Sunday night is going to be well over 700 pounds. Wouldn't that be incredible if Bravo would set a new world bench press record over 700 pounds? Incredible indeed. Come on in. King Harley Race, one of the great veterans in the World Wrestling Federation. You've been around this sport for a few years. You'd have to appreciate a Rumble Royal. 20 men, numbers 1 through 20, drawn from a hat back in the locker room area right before the competition. I think a lot has to do with the luck of the draw here. Number one, two, three, four, five. Those men are going to have a long night ahead of them. I'm going to have a short one, Gene. I got a lock on number 20. What do you mean you've got a lock on number... How would you know? It's the luck of the draw. It may be the luck of the draw for the rest of the 19. But Heenan's assured me that I've got a lock on 20. So when I hit that ring, buddy, I'm coming in absolutely fresh. There's going to be fresh a Fresh as a daisy. Well, fre I mean fresh, physically fresh. Take a look at some of the men that are going to be in this Rumble Royal. Your Highness, Jake the Snake Roberts, Bam Bam Bigelow, Morocco, Duggan. Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan is going to be in there. Hacksaw Jim Duggan may get a big surprise. I may show up with number 20. But I may have Duggan's two by four. I'm gonna win. It don't make no difference. At any cost, I am going to win. And like I told you, Mr. Oakland, and I use that word very, very loosely, I've got a lock on 20, so the rest of them are gonna be out there all night. The king's gonna ease right in there and walk out with it. You also had a lock at New Orleans, I don't know. Next Sunday night, a Rumble Royal from Canada. Well, you can't have a Royal Rumble, Gene, without the King. And Hacksaw Duggan, Harley Race may just have a big surprise for you. Both men involved in that Royal Rumble matchup as we head back to the ring for Bam Bam Bigelow with Oliver Humperdinck taking on Tiger Chung Lee. And the Bammer going to leap over the top rope as he enters his ring. I wrote, wow, I continue to be amazed by his agility and ability. As Bigelow landing a flying ultimate warrior-style shoulder tackle, sees the crowd come out of their seats. Literally, go back and watch this. The crowd out of their seats after a Bigelow flying shoulder block here. And then from there, it's a trifecta of falling headbutts and a standing dropkick. All to set up Chung Lee for the slingshot splash, giving Bigelow the win. One minute and 23 seconds. As the action going to continue to roll on, it's the outlaw Ron Bass. He's everywhere now. Bass taking on the future member of Well Done, Timothy Well. Here he is simply Rex King. As we get an insert promo from the fellow Texan, Scott Casey? Yes, the cowboy Scott Casey gets a promo, referring to the outlaw as a no-good varmint. Well, I see why he doesn't get many more promos. Way to make use of that mic time there, Scotty. As Bass going to jump King as the bell sounds, even allowing Rex to lay in some shots, which the outlaw just no-sells, goes right back on the offense. And then once again, it's that pedigree variation going to give Ron Bass the quick win, one minute and 47 seconds. And post-match, Bass using Miss Betsy once again to choke and even snapmare King around the ring while the bull rope wrapped around his throat. 
And this, this match right here may have been the fastest and sharpest that Bass has looked since arriving here a year ago. Though I'm not really feeling a feud here with Scott Casey is going to do either man any favors. As we continue on, more promo here this week. Another soundbite lined up, Mean Gene Oakland with Ravishing Rick Rude and the Rumble Royal. You know, over the past couple of weeks, I've been talking about this spectacular event that's going to be taking place next Sunday night at the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. That's just down Lake Ontario shoreline from Toronto, not that far from Buffalo, New York either. Going to be a Rumble Royal for the first time ever. 20 men are going to be competing in a Rumble Royal. What happens? All of the men back in the locker room area will be drawing from a hat numbers 1 through 20. Start with number 1 and 2. And then every two minutes thereafter, another man will be added to the competition. A lot is going to have to do with the luck of the draw. Those early numbers are going to be tough because they've got a long evening ahead of them. On the other hand, 17, 18, 19, 20, those numbers are going to be very good because those men are coming in fresh at the end of the competition. In addition, Dino Bravo, the former Canadian heavyweight champ, will attempt, will attempt to set a brand new world record in bench press. I understand that he has been benching right around 700 pounds right now. Wouldn't it be incredible if he were to bench over 700 and set a new record? That to be part of that action next Sunday night. The man will set the record, Jellyhead. I have trained with him in the gym. He is incredible. He has been benching around 700. You can verify that. That's right. But speaking of incredible, I have to face Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Now, we all know the man's reputation. Former Intercontinental Champion, Master of the Martial Arts, super physical specimen, good-looking guy. Am I right? Well, I don't know about looks. I'm not uh, into that. That's not my trip. I know one thing. He is a tremendous competitor. That's right. Certainly no small task. Ricky Steamboat is going to be a giant step for Ravishing Rick Rude. But I've lived my life taking giant steps. I've lived my life in leaps and bounds, Jellyhead. Ricky Steamboat... You handled your success very, very gracefully. How are you going to handle defeat? How are you going to handle it, Ricky Steamboat, when you're down on the mat, facing the lights? Jellyhead, I want you to know, and I want all the Hulkamaniacs out in TV land to know that beneath this robe lies the destiny of the WWF. You know, if you want to get my comments on looks, let me tell you about the Glamour Girls, huh? Please. What I was going to say, please stay tuned. We're going to be right back, please. We'll have to wait and see if Gene ever gets the name right there. The Rumble Royal. No, Gene, it's the Royal Rumble. As they talk about Root's upcoming matchup at the big event against Ricky Steamboat, former Intercontinental Champion, putting him over as a giant step for the ravishing one. If he can put away Ricky Steamboat, the sky's the limit for Rick Rude. Is up next, we get a replay here of the Islanders dog-napping Matilda, and then it's off to the ring for tag team action involving the British Bulldogs taking on Gino Carabello and Brian Costello. And the Bulldogs make their way out to the ring, no shame, wearing Matilda t-shirts. So Vince McMahon clearly taking advantage of the current storyline with the new dog-related merchandise. And pretty cheap-looking, I may add. Looks like Iron-On, maybe here. Maybe they didn't have the real ones made in time. But yes, indeed, the Bulldogs rocking a Matilda t-shirt as they head to the ring here. Vince McMahon says the Bulldogs are great. But they haven't been the same without Matilda, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Even Jesse Ventura calling Vince out there, calling bullshit on McMahon and that statement. Thank you, Jesse. You truly do tell it like it is. As Jesse implies that the Bulldogs, he thinks they're even more vicious, more aggressive with Matilda missing, which is actually the story being told in this matchup. 
if you were paying attention, Vince. Yes, Jesse says the Bulldog's looking vicious here, and he ain't wrong. They could have made great heels later in 88. Is Davey Boy going to land the running power slam on Costello? Davey then with the delayed suplex before tagging in Dynamite Kid, who delivers another delayed suplex. I was expecting a snap there, but we get another delayed suplex there from the Dynamite Kid. Poor Carabello down and out. Is Dynamite going to land the back superplex from the middle rope, dropping Gino and scoring the Bulldogs the win? Three minutes and 19 seconds. And just as Dynamite scores the pin, we see Bobby Heenan and his Islanders are up on the interview stage with Craig DeGeorge. And the Bulldogs begin making their way from the ring over to the platform as we learn that the Islanders have already been reinstated from their suspension. Well, that was fast. Bobby Heenan telling the Bulldogs to go speak with President Tunney in regards to the whereabouts of Matilda. As Bobby continues to profess their innocence in the dog napping, as the Islanders continue to play with the invisible dog on a leash, complete with a bowl full of dog food now. Nice added touch. Heenan instructing the Bulldogs that you can either fight with the Islanders here on the stage or go get their doggy back. And as you might suspect, the Bulldogs then head backstage as the crowd seems indifferent about this angle. Well, if this is true, if what Bobby Heenan is saying is true, the Bulldogs, they should be reunited with Matilda very soon, which is great to hear. And the Islanders are apparently reinstated which means we can expect upcoming matches between the two teams at the house shows. And I can't wait for that one. As up next in the ring, The Rock, Don Morocco, taking on Dave Wagner. And first half of the match, very methodical by Don. And then out of nowhere, he just explodes with offense, like a cruiserweight of sorts. I'm not saying he's flipping around the ring, but he's moving at a ridiculous speed here with rapid-fire punches, landing an atomic drop into a back-suplex combination, Hits a nice-looking knee lift to the face of poor Dave Wagner here. Morocco even going up top and going to ride the knee down into the chest of Wagner. Always love that spot. And then from there, we get a good shot of Morocco's hoses, pal. Vince McMahon even referring to those upper body veins as hoses now, much like the Hulkster brother. And Morocco's tombstone going to get the win here. Three minutes and 15 seconds as The Rock continues his feud with the Slicks men of the Natural Butch Reed and the one-man gang. But Don Morocco looks absolutely sick here with the veins as we continue on, and holy shit, he has arrived. Yes, it is our very first promo from Bad News Brown, quick and to the point, maybe 10 seconds, so I didn't grab a soundbite of this one. Don't worry, we've got one upcoming, but Bad News says you can forget all about the good news this year because Bad News is here. Hey, even rhymes. Move over Lanny Poffo. And outside of a couple matches up in Calgary, when Vince first bought the territory back in 84, Bad News hasn't worked for the WWF since 1979, when he was Bad News Allen, former judo champion in the Olympics. And back then, are you ready for this, Bad News? He even had hair on his head. But it's back here in 1988, and another cog in that late 80s WWF wheel has arrived. Say hello, guys, to Bad News Brown. As we head back to the ring, singles action involving the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase taking on Brady Boone. Of course, Virgil ringside there with Teddy for this one. As we get an insert promo here from DiBiase about having the WWF title come February 5th. That's February 5, pal. As for the action, DiBiase going to control the majority of the matchup. Now, Boone going to come fighting back. Nice series of moves, eventually sending DiBiase out to the floor. 
But then, for no reason, Brady decides to do a top rope backflip. Okay, not really sure what that had to do with anything, but Teddy takes right back over once he re-enters the ring. Boone going to run into a nice-looking back elbow, very snug-looking there from DiBiase, before Teddy going to finish this one off with the falling back elbow off the middle rope, which I absolutely hated as a finisher. Just never bought into it. But it gets the win here, the Million Dollar Man pinning Brady Boone, 2 minutes and 39 seconds. And as we begin to close out superstars here this week, we've got one more promo lined up. Mean Gene Oakland standing by with Ho! Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who is also headed to the Rumble Royal. All right, there's going to be so much happening. From Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, the Cops Coliseum next Sunday night. Dino Bravo, the former Canadian heavyweight champ, is going to attempt to set a new world record mark in bench pressing. In the bench press, he is he's lifting right now, as I understand, somewhere around 700 pounds. If he exceeds that by just a few pounds, there will be a new record in the bench press set by Dino Bravo. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is going to be going against Ravishing Rick Rude on that card. The Young Stallions are going to be facing the recently reinstated Islanders in two out of three falls. And the sweethearts of the World Wrestling Federation, the ladies tag team champions, the Glamour Girls, are going to be facing Japan's Jumping Bob Angels. For the first time ever, next Sunday night, I'll tell you what, people are going to be watching this one very, very closely. First time ever, a Rumble Royal, and one of 20 men that is going to be participating in this unique kind of competition is my guest at this time from Glens Falls, New York. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Can you believe it? A Rumble Royal. Rumble Royal, my kind of stuff, Gene, because, you know, I'll be sitting back there in the dressing room, lacing up them boots of mine. Takes a long time, but I'll be listening. Pretty soon, somebody will come down the hallway and go, Hey, Duggan, go to the ring! And, baby, that's when old Hacksaw comes alive. All right, let's explain that. You say you're going to get the call. Actually, what happens just prior to the competition back in the locker room area, there are going to be 20 numbers put in a hat. You are going to draw out your number. You might want to try You can draw it out right here. Number one, baby, because I want to get out there early. I want to get a feel for the crowd. I want to get the feel for the ring. And I want to start picking people off right when they start sticking their nose in the ring. But now, Hacksaw, let me point out, it would be to your advantage to get a higher number than that. That would mean you're going to be fresh at the end of this very unique event. That's what I always, I got to calm down, Gene. It always gets me in trouble. I get excited, the bell starts ringing, the crowd starts hollering, Hacksaw starts jumping around, and I get a little bit carried away. But you're right, maybe a higher number be better. That way old Hacksaw would have his breath. By the way, I should put tough guy. I should point out the king is going to be part of that big rumble royal next Sunday night from north of the border. Hacksaw Duggan has to be one of the favorites heading into the Royal Rumble event. And no doubt he'll have his eyes set on the King Harley race should the two cross paths during the matchup. Superstars concluding here next week were promised an update on the condition of Matilda and more on the February 5th main event special on NBC. And if we're lucky, maybe, just maybe, who knows, but maybe another message from Bad News Brown. As we continue on here on the Grenade Wrestling Challenge, January 17th, another new set of tapings, taped back January 6th, Nashville, Tennessee, at the Municipal Auditorium. Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon on commentary, and it's straight away to the ring for Jake the Snake Roberts, taking on Gino Carabello, and Jake is out here to a monster pop. This crowd came alive for the Snake Man, louder than usual, as Bobby Heenan insisting his Islanders have been reinstated to the Gorilla 
but Monsoon, he wants proof. It's Jake going to deliver his patented knee lift early on in the matchup, and then later you might suspect the short clothesline going to set things up. Wait, what's that crowd chanting? DDT. DDT. And then Jake going to signal for the DDT, and the crowd just absolutely explodes from a hand gesture. Now that's how you get shit done, guys. And then from there, we do indeed get the DDT and even a little Damien. Roberts with an easy win here this week, scoring the win two minutes and 15 seconds. And he is O-V-E-R over between the monster pop he got coming to the ring. And I couldn't believe the response he got for simply spinning his finger around in the air to signal for the DDT here. Might have even been louder than the actual move. Up next on Challenge Special Report with Craig DeGeorge talking all about what's coming up the following Sunday, just seven days away, though doesn't reference the show by name, we do know Dino Bravo looking to break the world bench press record at said event, going to do more than 705 pounds. We get a promo here from Bravo and manager Frenchie Martin, the entire interview, all in French, so I'll save you guys the trouble. Also, we learn the Glamour Girls will defend their tag team titles against the Jumping Bomb Angels, best two out of three falls. We hear from both sides, Jimmy Hart talking for his glamour girls. Then on the other side, it's the bomb angels who speak in Japanese. So lots of foreign languages here. I don't know what anybody's saying. And oddly, not once during this entire report did Craig DeGeorge refer to the show as the Royal Rumble or even the Rumble Royal at this point. It was just that show this coming Sunday. Very weird. As we head back to the ring tag team action, going to see demolition with Mr. Fuji taking on Rex King and Omar Atlas. As if you don't know by now, guys, it's Demolish and Destroy. First on Omar Atlas, and then Rex King. And this squash gets extended time, so both men, King and Atlas, get a second opportunity of having their asses handed to them. And at one point in the matchup, smashed with perhaps the loudest chop I've ever heard on poor Rex King. Demos actually leave some welts on the back of King as well during this matchup, as the crowd, again, pops huge as we see the heels land their finisher, the demolition decapitation on Rex King. Going to end this one four minutes and eight seconds. And you guys, you can't hide it. Some heels were just so cool, you couldn't boo them. And the demolition easily fall into that category. As we are off now to Mean Gene Oakland, standing by with the outlaw Ron Bass once more, talking about it, you know, the Rumble Royal. All right, hi again, everybody. Next Sunday night, Cops Coliseum from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. A wrestling spectacular that people are going to be watching all over the world. They're going to have their, their ear to the ground because you're going to be seeing 20 of the best in the World Wrestling Federation in a first-ever Rumble Royal. More on that in a moment or two, but prior to the Rumble Royal, Ricky Steamboat will be facing ravishing Rick Rude. Two out of three falls, the Young Stallions are going to be going against the Islanders, Haku and Tama. They've just been reinstated into action in the World Wrestling Federation. Also, the ladies' champs, two out of three, the Glamour Girls, are going to be challenged by the Jumping Bomb Angels. Twenty of the best World Wrestling Federation superstars will participate in this Rumble Roy Royal. <laughs> Come on in, I'll all right. Too long off, is it, Mean Gene? You know something? You know, you look out that, down that cart, it's going to be a Rumble Royal, baby. And what that is, they put numbers in a hat, and you reach in there, you grab one up, and if you're number one, brother, you've got a long night ahead of you. But if you're number 20, you might just have it easy. It might slide right in there. But let me tell you something. There'll be no tag teams. There'll be nobody partners. It's all one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, 
things that you're going to have to be mean. You're going to have to be nasty. And you're going to have to be willing to do anything and in the shape of your life. What do you want? You keep I bothering me. I want to point out a couple of things here, Ron Bass. The fact that, yes, we're going to start with numbers one and two. That's right. Then every two minutes thereafter, another man will be added to the competition. <laughs> but you can be eliminated, pinfall, submission, or thrown over the top. It's going to be exciting. I like throwing people over the top rope. I think that's how I'll be eliminating people, Mean Gene. Yes, it's going to be interesting. And if you're number one, you better be in shape, people, because you're going to be out there a long time because there's two-minute intervals. There's going to be 20 more people coming in. So you know you're going to be out there 40 minutes. So let me tell you something. All you bad boys out there, I'm talking about Bam Bam Bigelow, Don Morocco, Jim Duggan, bunch of you guys, the Warrior, Sam Houston, all of you. You better kiss all the babies you want to. You better shake all the hands out there because you're going to have to get in the ring and you're going to have to be facing everybody that wants to beat you. And Miss Betsy, she's going to be there and she'll be on my side. And you better believe it's a run we're all and we're taking it. All right, he is cranked up on Laurent Fast. Going to be one of 20 in a Rumble Royal next Sunday night from Canada. I've heard Bruce Pritchard in the past on his podcast when I used to listen to it on the weekly I heard him give Ron Bass crap, the uh, worst promo in the company because they had to do so many retakes with the outlaw. But I, I think here heading into the new year, Bass has been handed the opportunity of a lot of promo time, and I feel like he's handled himself pretty well the last few weeks. Just a lot more TV time overall for the outlaw as of late, trying to finally establish him as a full-time wrestler here in the WWF, even though he's been here for a year. Up next on Wrestling Challenge, I think it's just a replay of the same Bad News Brown promo we got on Superstars, as Gorilla Monsoon says he expects controversy from the bronze medalist in judo at the 1976 Olympics. No, Gorilla doesn't cover all of that, but I wanted to give you guys a little background on Bad News, and indeed, a bronze medalist that is one bad dude. As we continue on here, Hacksaw Jim Duggan taking on Joe Murdo. And it appears that generic theme music for Duggan is finally gone. And I'm not a big proponent of wrestlers not having music during that late 80s era. It just seemed weird. But no music is better than that music that Hacksaw had the last couple of months. So I'll take it. Going to take a couple more years before Duggan gifted a new theme. The one we all come to know and love. As we get an insert promo here from the King Harley Race, he says, if you don't know by now, there's only one king here in the WWF. Yeah, especially now after the demos just disposed of Rex King. I don't know if he's ever coming back. And it's during this Duggan match, Bobby Heenan leaving commentary as he says he has something he needs to do. And it is the three-point stance and flying clothesline completely leaving his feet again here. Duggan landing a lariat, scoring the win here at 2 minutes and 15 seconds. And the show rolls on and, ah, here's what Heenan meant by having something to do. It's ravishing Rick Rude making his way out to the ring with manager Bobby Heenan. Going to be taking on Van Van Horn. And Root still rocking that first stripper music that he had when he first got here. But we finally get the hands behind the head pose. And holy shit, it's the debut of the hip swivel. So Rude has added the hip swivel to his hands behind the head routine. And are those airbrush tights? Now that may be in beta form, but I do believe those are airbrush tights. Man, I mark out for the littlest things, but... Looks like the rude character continuing to evolve. At this point, I feel like he's only missing one thing. Anywho, to the ring, it's Gorilla Monsoon putting Rude over and still pushing for a Rude Warrior feud here on commentary. So it was clear that was in the works at this time. They've been doing it for the past at least three weeks here on TV. Rick Rude leaving his abs open early on, allowing Van Horn to take shots repeatedly, throw some punches into Rick's midsection. 
as Rude no-sells the blows because of his rock-hard abs. As the fans chant Weasel, Rude going to level Van Van with a stiff-ass short clothesline and then a standing dropkick before Rude hooks Van Horn, shows off his bicep, blows a kiss to the crowd, and hits the Rude Awakening! Hangman's Neckbreaker! Rick Rude debuts the Rude Awakening here to end this matchup. Two minutes and 16 seconds. And wow, it all comes together here at the beginning of 1988. Rick Rude, he already had his heel stick down. But now we get the airbrush tights, the hip swivel pose, and best of all, he trades in that shitty body breaker deal for the Rude Awakening. Nothing gonna stop him now. As off right now, guys, we go to Craig DeGeorge, who's standing by with the Doctor of Style Slick and his men, the One Man Gang, and the Natural Betrayed. And they will be talking all about the upcoming big event known as the Royal Rumble. I'll tell you what, it is the excitement personified. On January 24th from the Cops Coliseum up in Hamilton, Ontario, a terrific world wrestling presentation, a Rumble Royal. Something new you may not be familiar with. Basically, here's how it goes. The wrestlers, 20 of them, will draw numbers from a hat right before the match. One down through 20. One and two will start the match, and every two minutes, somebody else will come in. Number three, number four, number five, and so on. So obviously, that draw, most important. Jake the Snake, Bam Bam, Outlaw Ron Bass, Dangerous Danny Davis, just some of the participants for this terrific Rumble Royal. More on that in a moment. Also, Dino Bravo will attempt to set a new record for bench pressing, and I hear it will be over 700 pounds. January 24th, Cops Coliseum, Hamilton, Ontario. The Slickster, your man, the natural Butch Reed, and the one-man gang will be involved in this most unique matchup, a Rumble Royal. Well, let's make one thing perfectly clear. The natural and the big 747 and myself, neither of us, enjoy coming to Canada. It is a godforsaken place as far as I am concerned. But since we got to go, since we must be there because after all, we've signed a contract and you know, money is money. Although it may be that old Canadian money, but money is money. So since we got to be there, then you can believe that we're going to come to do one thing, baby. And that's TCB. TCB. That's it. Take care of business, brother. <clears throat> right on, Natural. We're going to be coming up there thumping and bumping because you know what? Between me and this man, brother, we beat up lightning and throw thunder in jail. And when we come up there to Hamilton, Ontario, we're going to raise a whole ladder. And I won't say it on this TV. They might turn this place into a cowboy. But you get that drift. So, wrestle raw, rumble raw, baby. That's what we're going to be doing in the game. We're going to rumble. All right, looking forward to this big, spectacular uh, rumble. Royal 20 wrestlers involved, plus the possible new record in a bench press, all happening January 24th from the Cops Coliseum in Hamilton, Ontario. Well, Gene, it looks like at least somebody's paying attention to George referring to the event as the... No, he said it too. The Rumble Royal. What is going on around here? We are one week out and we can't get the name right. This would have never made it to air in future years as we head back to the ring for the Young Stallions taking on the masked duo who hail from somewhere in Latin America. It's the Conquistadors. That's Jose Luis Rivera and Jose Estrada under those hoods. 
is we're going to insert promo here from the Stallions, whose New Year's resolution is to become the best tag team in 1988. Well, guys, much like most New Year's resolutions, that likely won't happen. As the Stallions moving fast and looking crisp early on, but the Conquistador, specifically Rivera, comes off the top rope onto Jimmy Powers from behind, and the heel's going to take over control of the matchup. As Conquistador Estrada in the ring, going to miss himself a splash off the middle ropes, and finally Paul Roma getting the hot tag. Sadly, the crowd, not really into it here this week. As Roma going to whip the Conquistador into the ropes, dropping down Conquistador, jumping over Roma, right into a Jimmy Powers slam, and the Young Stallion's going to score the win, 3 minutes and 24 seconds, and nothing special here. But the Stallions, they get a solid win, heading into their match with the Islanders at the Royal Rumble event. Though some may argue, the wrong team went over there. Go Conquistadors. Next on Wrestling Challenge, it's a special interview. Craig DeGeorge up on the platform once again with the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase, bodyguard Virgil, and this time DiBiase bringing with him the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant, as Craig announces the main event of the main event. Once again, for the first time since WrestleMania 3, Andre goes one-on-one for the title with the champion, Hulk Hogan. As DiBiase mentions Andre getting screwed at WrestleMania 3 and how he choked Hogan out at the last Saturday night's main event, he says he could have ended the career, well, the life of the Hulkster right then and there, but Andre didn't. Why? Because the Giant and Ted DiBiase, they want the same thing. In front of the entire world, Andre will show everyone People didn't believe that Ted could buy anything he wanted, but he's proven it every time. The Hulkster thought he could be the exception to that rule, but by hook or by crook, and Andre in this instance is DiBiase's hook. DiBiase says he will get what he wants. He knows Andre will win the match, and then he asks the Giant how. How will he defeat the Hulkster? told you, Hogan, that by hook or by crook that I would get what I want because I always get what I want. And this is the hook. This is the hook that will deliver to me the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight title. Andre, I know that you're gonna beat Hogan. I know that you're gonna win the match, but please tell me how. How are you gonna do it? DiBiase, when I don't step in that ring, believe me, when I care up in that ring, I will be the world champion. And the way I'm going to do it, I will squeeze, Hogan, and squeeze, and squeeze, and squeeze, until that bell fell out of you West, Hogan. And believe me, I'll be more happy because I got millions of reasons to be happy. And I want to make this man happy too. And then when I will pick up that bell, I just will. And you know what I'm going to do? What are you going to do, Andre? <laughs> what are you going to do then? <laughs> you want to know? Yes, I want to know. I will present you that belt <laughs> and pronounce you the world WWF champion. <laughs> Can you see it, Hogan? Can you see it right here? I will be the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion. <laughs> the Giant says that he will squeeze and squeeze Hogan until the belt falls off the Hulkster's waist, and the Giant even stating that he has millions of reasons to be happy in doing so. And what will Andre do with the belt after he wins it? He will present it to the Million Dollar Man. And you guys can take that to the bank. ha <laughs> ha!
Wow. And I wrote, wow, Andre was even understandable here. <laughs> can't believe I'm saying this, but good promo from Andre the Giant. And I just look at this episode of Challenge I'm watching here, and I wrote, wow. Because as we go into a break with Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant promising a WWF title change, we come out of the break with the ultimate warrior running to ringside. So we truly are hitting that glory period here in the late 1980s as the ultimate warrior rushing to the ring to take on Brian Costello. Warrior clotheslining Costello over the top rope early on, sending him out to the floor, following him out there, slamming him on the outside, then suplexing him from the apron back into the ring where it's the Gorilla Press Slam, or drop, and the Warrior Splash. Oh, added the splash now. Gets the win here for UW. So Warrior now running to the ring. It went from walking to a power walk to a jog to finally running and shaking the ropes, even adding the splash to his finish here this week. So everything coming together for the Warrior, much like Rick Rude, and how odd because the Warrior-Rude feud continues to be teased, though it won't happen. Not for another year. Obviously, here they're going to go with Hercules instead, heading into WrestleMania. And I presume that pivot from Rude to Herc was done to protect Rick from doing any jobs at this stage. As we go on, it's eight-man tag team action. All the Slicks men out there, Butch Reed, the one-man gang, and the Bolsheviks. Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov going to take on the team of Rick Hunter, Leaping Lanny Poffo, and the Killer Bees? Jumping Jim Brunzel, B. Brian Blair stuck in a job guy tag team of sorts here. I wrote, woof, it does not look good for the future of the Bs. But I have to admit, it was fun to see the Bolsheviks enter the ring to jive soul bro here. Nikolai going to try for the Russian national anthem, but gets attacked by B. Brian Blair from behind. Brian Blair, dropkick sending Nikolai out of the ring. I just wrote, too bad it wasn't Jim Brunzel. Maybe we could have been put out of our misery early on. Brunzel land his patented dropkick, maybe score the win, and we can be done here. But instead, the Bees going to control the action early on over the Russians. The Bolsheviks even colliding into one another at one point. But Lanny Poffo eventually tagging into the matchup, and the heel's going to take over. Beat down on Leaping Lanny, and then it's a beat down on Rick Hunter as well. Butch Reed coming in with a high knee and a big press slam, dropping it into a gut buster. Before the gang coming in, finishing Hunter off with his master blaster, that gourd buster here. The heel quartet going to get the win three minutes and seven seconds. And I look back again, I wrote, man, the Killer Bees from surviving at the Survivor Series to teaming with job guys. Safe to say 1988, probably not going to be the year of the Bee. I can hear the British Bulldogs coming down the hall. I am very anxious to talk to them to see what they found out from World Wrestling Federation President Jack Tully. We're going to be back at the Spectrum Saturday night, February the 6th. We've got a big 8 p.m. start at a tremendous World Wrestling Federation card. The Rougeau brothers from Canada are going to be here. Sam Houston to be Dangerous Daddy Davis, the ladies' champ on the card. George Steele to meet the one-man gang. Dino Bravo goes against the dragon, the multi-talented Ricky Steamboat. Had a tag team action. Boy, this is like Wall Street around the World Wrestling Federation these days. The multi-million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, will be teaming up with his new acquisition, the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant, DiBiase and Andre, to face Bam Bam Bigelow and world champion Hulk Hogan. Oh, Davey Boy Smith, Dynamite Kid. Guys, gentlemen, come on in. What did you find out from World President... Uh, wrestling, I am so good. I'm upset. What did you find out from Jack Tunney? We're upset also, mean oh. Dean, but we're also Please. happy because Bobby the Brain and Enon gave us two choices. He said either come up on the stage and get our butts kicked or go and find out where Matilda is. 
or we found out where Matilda is. We are told, we was told from Jack Tony that she's very sick. What, what, and she's she's in, not well? She's not well, Mean Jean. But we're also happy that the Islanders have been reinstated because Islanders, it's payback time now and the British Bulldogs want revenge for Matilda and we're coming for you. Oh, I am, I am not... You know something, uh, Mean Jean? Good to Matilda hear that. Matilda is underweight. She won't eat. She's very sick. We've not seen the dog yet, but Jack Tony, the president, told us that she is sick and we all, the weasel and the Islanders responsible for the treatment that they give Matilda. They stole the dog. Now they return the dog. She's sick. Islanders, now you're going to pay the consequences. When we get that in that ring with you, as soon as we get in that ring and they ring that bell, we're going to beat you from pillar to post and we're going to make you worse 20 times over than what, what you ever, ever thought you could be beat. Matilda's sick. Gene, I'm sorry, we just got to go and see the dog. Gentlemen, I, I, I understand. I, I can certainly empathize with that. Who knows how she was treated during that long absence? Maybe junk food, not watered properly. Who knows? I do know the auditors reinstated. They're going to meet the Bulldogs Saturday night, February the 6th. Big question mark, Matilda. As we close out Wrestling Challenge here, one more promo from Craig DeGeorge. This time he's standing by with Eye. Yes, the beefer himself. It is Brutus, the barber beefcake. All right, you know, you talk about interesting developments. 1987 here at the World Wrestling Federation. Can you get any more interesting than what has happened to Brutus Beefcake developing a new trade, if you will, at 87? And boy, has that propelled him upward in the World Wrestling Federation. He is the barber, Brutus Beefcake. Thank you very much for those good words. 1988, it's going to be one heck of a year. And I got a few surprises up my sleeve, especially this one right here. This is my, my little answer to Jimmy Hart's megaphone that megaphone that's been irritating everybody for so long finally that's right i've got the answer brother i've got the answer to the question of the century how can we deal with this megaphone of jimmy hart's we give everybody gets one of these in the stands all the people and they all stand on their chairs and they all point towards the ring and they all scream give them a heck up brutus <laughs> can you imagine the sound can you imagine the decibels it's loud in here yes the people will blow jimmy hart right out of the arena and then it'll be all me and greg valentine left in the center of the ring to get the business at hand taken care of i've not forgotten greg valentine what you did to me how you tried to break my legs, how you tried to cripple me, how you tried to end my career and take the very, the very thing that is my life. And that's professional wrestling, the World Wrestling Federation. You tried to take it away from me, and he almost succeeded. You bounced back, and that has amazed so many people And the fact that you did it so quickly. Well, I would not stay down. I will never lie down. I will never give up. I would never surrender, and I won't be defeated by you. Valentine and that little weasel Jimmy Hart because I've got the heart and I've got the determination and I've got the clippers baby and I got the cold steel the tools of the trade and the barber knows how to use his tools and the barber will get all right I think you might call it perfecting a craft (laughs) Brutus the barber beefcake superstar of the World Wrestling Federation and the point of this one, guys, Beefer shilling a new mini megaphone here, little plastic cup. Yes, selling it to the fans so that they may buy one and use it against Jimmy Hart to counteract Jimmy Hart 
when he's managing Greg Valentine when the barber steps in the ring with the hammer. Interesting piece of merchandise there, shameless Vince McMahon. As we roll on one more piece of business here this week on The Grenade, it's primetime wrestling for January 18th, back to Monday night, hosted by Gorilla Monsoon, Bobby the Brain Heenan. And as the show continues on, we come out of a matchup involving the ladies' champion, Sensational Sherry, scoring a win over challenger Rockin' Robin when Bobby Heenan has a revelation for the Gorilla. You know, certainly wasn't in any trouble at any time, any real serious trouble. Well, right. Like you're going to be in this Sunday, the Royal Sunday. Rumble. You oh, have to deal with me. Forgot. Oh, I can't. Well, I'm no, really well, looking. What? I forgot to tell you something. I won't be there. What do you mean you won't be there? I won't be there this Sunday in Hamilton. You're the co-host. I was the host, but I've decided now. The Million Dollar Man. Are you man, kidding? No, I'm not kidding. We're talking about this Sunday. This Sunday, the 24th. I know that. 7 p.m. Why didn't you call me? I didn't think I had to. I'm the host. But here's what's happening. See, the Million Dollar Man has set me up on a trip to Barbados in the Caribbean. My own condo, my own dish. I'll be sipping on a nice drink with a little umbrella in it. I'll be laying on the beach with the dish on. A couple other dishes will be there. I'll be watching the Royal Rumble. You want a host or a co-host? Go find one. Who yeah, let me, let me speak That's to my you. phone. Yeah. No, I, I need to reach, yes, Team Oakland, yes. We're on? Yes. Just go ahead and conduct a... Pro I've got to try to find a co-host now that you just laid this information on me. Give me a break. Y'all Well, you see what happens when we deal with incompetence. Little setback like this, he's completely gone to pieces. He can't handle yes. anything. He will. Well, as far as I know, right now, we're going to talk with I'll, Craig DeGeorge, who is really a fan of misinformation. Thank you very much. So if you people got a couple seconds on your hand, a couple minutes, you want to hear stuff that doesn't make any sense, get a load of this. Did you find anybody? So Bobby going to back out of co-hosting the Rumble event. Seemed rather last minute there, Brain. Instead, Heenan says he's off to Barbados for a vacation, courtesy of the Million Dollar Man. Now, sadly, Gorilla, he won't make it to the Rumble either. Shortly after recording this episode of Primetime Wrestling, Monsoon will suffer a mild heart attack and miss a series of TV programs upcoming, including the Royal Rumble. But don't worry, guys, he will be okay and he will be back before you know it. But for right now, we continue on as Mean Gene is standing by with Canada's strongest man, Dino Bravo, and his manager, Frenchie Martin, no doubt talking about that upcoming event, the Rumble Royal. All right, I want to expostulate just momentarily on the virtues of this phenomenal, this unique event that's going to be taking place. Next Sunday night, January the 24th, originating from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, Royal Rumble, 20 men at all involved in this, this very exciting and unique event. For the first time ever, a Royal Rumble, Rumble Royal, something they call it, whatever, 20 men are going to be going for a lot of pride and a lot of, well, I imagine notoriety for the man who wins this one. Also, Ricky Steamboat to meet Ravishing Rick Rude. Young Stallions are going to be going against the Islanders in tag team competition, two out of three falls. Also, the ladies' champions in tag team competition are going to be here for a title defense. Glamour Girls to meet the Jumping Bomb Angels. Frenchie Martin, Monsieur Martin, join me if you will, along with the former Canadian heavyweight champ, Dino Bravo. This is the man that you're managing. Now, he's going to be in the Rumble Royal. But in addition, next Sunday night, Dino Bravo is going to try, attempt to establish a new record for the bench press. And I understand right now the current record is 705 pounds. That's a big number. You know, 705, monsieur, is big, big numbers. Everybody is scared of it. Many have tried, many have tried to beat the world record. But there's one thing they didn't know that we know, me and Dino Bravo. 
We're ready for the world record, and Dino Bravo's gonna do what no man has done. What is that? He's gonna go further than 705. What number? Bigger than 705 is enough for me, monsieur. That's gonna be the world record, the world's strongest man. That's who I'm managing, and I'm very proud of it. Dino Bravo. That's right, and all the fellow Canadians will be there in Hamilton to watch it. You know, a lot of people in professional sports, and especially in professional wrestling, claim to be very strong, powerful men. But only one man can claim to be the strongest. And you're looking right at him, because that day I am going to beat the world's record. But I'm going to go out there in Rumble Royal and toss him around, brother, and walk away with all the money. All right, I thank you. Get ready. That happens next Sunday night from Canada. Finally! Finally! He gets it right with less than a week until the event Mean Gene refers to the show as the Royal Rumble. Never referencing his mistake, never apologizing. Classic Mean Gene there. Ha! Call the hotline, pal! But Dino Bravo looking to smash the 705-pound bench press record, and that's all going to go down next time here on The Grenade Show, heading into the week of Christmas. But as primetime goes on, still more talk of this Royal Rumble, including the ladies' tag team title match. Colonel obviously bent out of shape about this upcoming match. He doesn't even know when it is for sure. He said in a week or so. It's this Sunday. Yeah, well, he has a lot to, on his mind. He has a lot to worry about. Obviously. I no. think the Jumping Bomb Angels can and will beat the Glamour Girls. Well, you heard what they said. You they spoke in Japanese. Well, I'll I understand translate. some I'll Japanese, translate. but not a whole lot. They said, uh, Gorilla, did you tell them to hold the egg roll and extra sweet and sour? Or No. Wow. That's not what they said at all. <laughs> Please. Who cares what they said? The jumping bomb angels are going to be the limping bomb angels all the way back to uh, Squid City. Osaka. Osaka. One from yeah. Osaka, the other from, uh, I think, Sapporo. Or Newark. That's where they make the Japanese beer there in Sapporo. Well, it's coming up, Brain, this Sunday, the big event, the Royal Rumble. I'll be watching it in about 85-degree weather. Feet up. So let it be known. Great matchup upcoming here between the jumping bomb angels taking on the champions, Glamour Girls. Two out of three falls at the Royal Rumble event. And I should have known something was coming here. Bobby and the Bomb Angels in the same conversation. Squid City, as Bobby refers to Japan or Tokyo or take your pick. And if you actually go back and watch this at one point, Gorilla trying to hold in the laughter at some of the comments made here by Bobby Heenan. And you guys have heard the saying, there's good news and then there's bad news. Well, now there's only bad news. You can forget about the old saying, there's good news and there's bad news, because now there's only bad news. Bad news indeed. Bad News Brown making his way here to the World Wrestling Federation will be making his debut very shortly. Well, he said it much better than I, Bad News Brown. Now here in the World Wrestling Federation won't be too long before we see him in the squared circle. As we have one more soundbite here this week on Primetime Wrestling, it appears Gorilla has finally found himself a replacement. After searching near and far, making several phone calls throughout this episode of Primetime Wrestling, Bobby Heenan leaving him hanging at the very last minute. Gorilla, it appears, has finally found his replacement for the brain as the co-host of the Royal Rumble. Dino Bravo with the most impressive victory. I... Mr. Monsoon? Yes? Jesse Ventura on line eight. Oh, great. Hello, Bod. Yes. Bob. Yeah, I, I, I know. Bob. I know, Jess. I know you're busy making movies. I understand that. Yeah, this one's about a prison. I, just a moment, please. Yeah, question. Are you tied up this weekend? You're shooting Friday and Saturday. How about Sunday? You're, you're available. Great. I'd like you to co-host this Royal Rumble with me because uh, this piece of garbage sitting next to me just informed me today that he's bailing out. 
going to Barbados or something, but you can make it. Oh, great. Yeah, go direct to the Coliseum and I'll meet you there. Cops, right. Yeah, try to get to Earth. What is I'd it? like to talk to him when you're done. Okay, wait, wait a second. Hey, Jess, good luck in the movie. Hey, being arrested and going on to Barbados wait, with me for Will the- you stop? He's not going to. Jess, I'll see you Sunday. Yeah. I'm trying to be a nice Cops guy. Cops Coliseum, right. Uh, th- it doesn't matter what you wear. Wear that snake thing you like so much. Yeah. Okay, I'll see you then. Wear a see through raincoat. Who cares? It is confirmed, folks. Jesse the Body Ventura will, in fact, co host the Royal Rumble with me this coming Sunday. Ha! Huh. How do you like those apples? I could maybe uh, convince Jess to just come in and occupy this chair, too. My chair. Well, that my phone. Seen. We'll be back with our feature in just a moment. So it appears at this point, Jesse Ventura will now be the replacement for Bobby Heenan. Some fun stuff with Bobby there taking the phone. Hey, Jesse, how would you like to go to Barbados with me? But what a period in time when you have two top-level heel announcers that can easily replace each other if need be. Bobby Heenan out? Well, that's fine. We've got Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura out? That's okay. We've always got the brain on the back shelf. What a great era to be a fan as we look at a few exclusive matches here this week on Primetime Wrestling. Special Delivery Jones over Sika, the Wild Simone. Yes, SD Jones scoring a pinfall victory over Sika with a sunset flip in four minutes and four seconds. Now, this was actually taped back on October 23rd in Paris, France, just a week or so before Sika was fired from the company. But remember the story, Sika immediately rehired when Killer Khan abruptly quits and retires from professional wrestling. But SD Jones scoring a big win here on Primetime Wrestling. Also taped back January 5th, 1988 in Huntsville at the Von Braun Civic Center. Another eight-man tag. This is a fun one. This is one of the ones I encourage guys to go out and check on the Peacock. It's the quartet of the Killer Bees teaming with the Junkyard Dog and George the Animal Steel. I know what you guys are thinking. What a foursome. Well, imagine them all with bee masks on because that's what we get here. It is the Killer Bees, the JYDB, which I would have simply called the JYB, and George the Animal Steel Bee, I suppose. Yes, all four men wearing masks for the duration of this matchup, scoring a win here after 10 minutes' time over the foursome of the Conquistadors and the Bolsheviks. Dog going to pin one of the Conquistadors with his thump power slam. All four masked men going to celebrate after the match, the animal even lifting his mask at one point, and the dog busting out a little stanky leg while he flaps his wings. If you guys ever wanted to watch a fun 10-minute segment, go check that out. As we close out primetime, one more piece of exclusive action here from Nashville, Tennessee, January the 6th, Municipal Auditorium. It's the tag team of Billy Jack Haynes and Kim Patera downing the Bobby Heenan duo of Hercules and the King Harley Race. Now, the baby faces only go over by disqualification here. The action actually goes 15 minutes before Hercules attacking Haynes with the chain, kind of rekindling their feud from nearly a year ago. And I don't know if this is the last time we're going to see Haynes here in action in the ring, but it's got to be close to it. And oh my gosh, how could I forget the commentary duo for this matchup? Vince McMahon and Nick Bockwinkle. How about that? But that's going to wrap it up here this week on The Grenade, guys. Going to finish things out. Another two weeks in the books. Still two more weeks of WWF TV to go here in the month of January. But before we get to that episode, up next, it is the Royal Rumble. Not the Rumble Royal. Yes, indeed, next time out, heading into the Christmas holiday. The Grenade going to drop the Royal Rumble event, the inaugural event here on TV. 20-man over-the-top rope Royal Rumble matchup. Ladies' tag team titles on the line. Dino Bravo looking to set that world bench press record. It's Islanders and Young Stallions, Rick Rude and Ricky Steamboat. 
and what was originally announced as a special interview in the ring has now turned into a contract signing between WWF champion Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant for their upcoming match on NBC Friday, February the 5th. That's February 5, pal. Sorry, Vince. But that's going to wrap it all up here for this week on The Grenade. Looking forward to tackling the Royal Rumble event. Then from there, it's two more weeks of WWF TV for January 88. And then we're off to the main event. We'll be covering that show. And then, of course, all of February TV, all of March TV. And then it'll be WrestleMania 4. So the WWF just rapid fire right here, right out of the gate here in 1988. And as we begin to wrap things up here, guys, just a reminder to check out all the great podcasts over at WrestleCopia.com. And of course, follow me on X, formerly Twitter, at Wrestling Grenade. That's at R-A-S-S-L-I-N Grenade. Also, follow and like me, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Grenade. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Wrestling Grenade. And of course, that $5 all-access tier. Sign up now before we're all filled up. I'm talking about that all-access tier, guys. For only $5, get you all sorts of great gifts over at Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. That address again, Patreon.com slash WrestleCopia. But for this week, this is Ray Russell saying, from pillar to post and coast to coast, you pull the pin and I'll pick up the pieces right here on the Wrestling Memory Grenade. See you next week. Don't miss it. Be there! Marty was placed in a very compromising position before he went up there. Marty's been placed in a lot of compromising positions. Yes, he has positions. been in quite a few compromising positions since entering the World Wrestling Federation, but still, so much for the Terry Garvin school of self-defense. You can forget about the old saying, there's good news and there's bad news, because now there's only bad news.